when you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Yes, sir. Just like that. Do y'all, do y'all, do y'all hear that? That's that's the sound of me breaking Mark's heart at the end of season one. Just just going away real quick. Oh, oh man, Mark's <laughs> never coming back on the show. <laughs> never, never, bro. never. Never. He, he brought he brought that up on the black for two. I was on just listening two, like fuck. First thing on season two, we gonna apologize to Mark. We are, we are. This is this is the shotgun confession. This is exactly how we're we're putting it in season two. Listen, Mark, this is an official apology from everybody here, namely me, X. Yeah, I was about to say everybody. Nigga. I was about to say you, nigga. <laughs> the fuck, he was doing hey, so good. Hey, you, you niggas, you niggas are Bro. guilty, just like Luffy is, is guilty after the straw has to do some shit. All right, Bro. man. So I'm many warnings, bro. So many, bro. Nigga texted us. Don't say shit. Nigga got on the pod. <laughs> hey, we not spoiling shit. Said it twice. Had a great show. All the way Fire to show, the last bro. 30 seconds. 30 seconds hit the John Moran game winner, nigga. I'm like, you are tripping, nigga. My, my bad. Moran. My bad. He's been John Moran has been back long enough for us to say the John Morant game winner. Like, there's no other game winners we can think of this year. I mean, it, yeah, was, well, it was recent. It was late. Yeah, it, was it, it was it was 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? But because because of you know my big spoiler, um, I have been stripped of hosting duties. Um, Brother Sid is going to take on hosting duties Damn, because of my penance. Yo, no funny. So this this is what I said right before we started. I said I can't get the document up. Can you do it today? Like. And you said I heard you, and that's why. No, 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 no. I hear you. I'm saying this to say, oh, after okay, today, okay. after okay, today, cool. Sid is taking the ball from this. Yeah, because uh, we, we can't have you. Yeah, you you've been relegated, bro. I'm sorry. This is this is my farewell show. This is like when they uh, send Shawn Michaels down to Connecticut catering. Hell, nah, niggas really challenge you. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, I was gonna make a way worse joke, but we good. <laughs> this nigga got the Mandy Rose treatment, nigga. Alright, so everyone's doing a wrestling thing. Alright, we giving you the Vince McMahon in the limo treatment. <laughs> oh, Alright, man. Oh, wow. Welcome to episode one up. of season two of Shotgun Confessions, everybody. The official Why Are We Watch podcast of the Black <laughs> Variant. If you know if you hear my voice, X the Exile. Of course, 1017 Van Red, the God, ladies and gentlemen, yes, is here with us as well. And of course, we have brought a couple more black variants into the multiverse. First of all, Timmy McNulty, a.k.a. the Notorious E-A-R-V. Big Tim, how you doing? <laughs> what the fuck, nigga? <laughs> Damn, bro. That is crazy, nigga. I'm straight, man. What the hell, bro? Nigga said the notorious AID. That's crazy. Damn, I'm Freddie Mercury in this bitch. That shit is crazy. Hey, <laughs> hold on. Motherfucker say, damn, you got hey, the yo. Yo, easy right, nigga. Like, what the yo. fuck? <laughs> said the notorious Freddie Mercury? What's going on? <laughs> All, right. All right, man. That's crazy. Notorious AID? All right, dog. <laughs> yo, what, what is the FCC doing? Like, why, yeah. why are we allowed to do this? Like, Bro, this, this is only three minutes in. Nigga. Oh my god, what are you god with y'all? Last and certainly not least, the how, how can we say this? Mr. Tranquilo himself, brother uh-huh. Sid, is here along with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, sir. So, I, I just want to say with the Mr. McMahon thing, you'll be back next week. 
Just, <laughs> no explanation. No explanation. We just, we All not right. we just not gonna talk about that shit again after that. It's crazy how that shit isn't just that's not canon anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yo, yeah. the fact that <laughs> that shit was basically uh WWE Kai, nigga. Like this shit. Yo, that's just WWE spotlight now. Hey, you think from years from now they're gonna be like, yo, that was the uh Mandela effect? Uh, yeah, that should never happen. Man, that should never happen, bro. Do you, do hey, bro, they're gonna rewrite the pipe bomb uh, at some point too. For oh yeah, sure. oh yeah. Hey, hey think of it like this. Do y'all think that was the only ill-fated tribute show ever in wrestling history? <laughs> no. <Nah>. Like, hi- <laughs> didn't someone die on on like a yeah, like in the middle of a pay per view? Yeah, Owen Hart. Yeah, Owen Hart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that might be the worst. The Ultimate Warrior <laughs> yeah, get a tribute don't... show. Yeah, yeah, he, he created yeah. his own. Yeah, because right, he ain't deserve that shit. But okay, he, yeah, he did. He came out and he died like twenty hours. He died later. like. A- <laughs> did the Iron Sheet get a get a, a memorial? He did. Yes, I that's remember surprising. that. That's surprising. <laughs> Hashtag that's surprising, <laughs> bro. I feel like every time I heard about the Iron Sheet talking, he was either saying like "Free Palestine" or like "Fuck Hulk Hogan." I mean, those are valid points to stand. Oh yeah, both are, both, are, both are universally agreed terms. Damn near in 2023, um, unless you Zionists, which fuck you. Um, Yo, do you see? They said Zionists were just Zion Williamson stands. That's crazy. That's oh that's wow. <laughs> yeah, all right, so like, I don't, I don't mean to take this deeper and darker, but can you just imagine a thousand niggas with Naruto dunks just, just running up on you? <laughs> yes, like no, that. Bunch of six eight niggas. A bunch, a bunch of niggas with DreamCon and a Twitter name. Damn, that's crazy. Say, they, they do the uh, they do Dream the LeBron Con. dunk when it's uh, when you when you uh, when your uh, wrist touch your ankle, but they just got rising down at the end. A bunch of niggas in a Kotsky cloaks Naruto running down a fucking uh, <laughs> convention center. Uh, yeah. Wasn't niggas trying to storm like the, the uh, not the Capitol? Um, I think that's uh, uh, is it 86, 66, 76? 51, 51. 51. I'm, I'm mixing up American shit and Star Wars, like, uh, yeah, Order 66. 66. Order 66. That's what it was. Oh, shit. Yeah, Area 51. Wasn't it a bunch of weren't they, they tra- gonna Naruto run in front of that shit? Yeah, like, they, the tried. Or yeah, they, they, they tried, tried. they tried like, the same way Mariah Mills did design Williams' career, but that's besides the point. The government was like, We will shoot you. Like, I mean, <laughs> hey, that, that all just came back full circle. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we back to the government shooting niggas. We're not gonna get that dark today here on the on the shotgun confession. It's the wire, bro. The gu- it's, it's the it's wire. About bro. The government shooting. Niggas. Wait, wait, hold up. We are getting dark today because we gotta talk about arguably the worst season of the wire as people on Twitter talk about it. Season two. Like, How do y'all... Are, we, are we touching on that right now? Or... You, yeah, let's talk about it right now. How are y'all feeling about the worst season allegations that season two go undergoes? It can mm-hmm. be because, like, episode one of this season is probably one of my favorite Y episodes. Like, setting the table for everything, bro. Just it took one event, one body in the water to cause so much ruckus in this in show. a window. In a window, <laughs> yeah, some sneakers beefing over stained glass, bro. That's like, fucking window, bro. And you crazy. see petty wars between the police, and you see them use their authority for stupid shit. Hey, this, is hey, the, I, this is the pettiest I, shit I've ever heard in my life. I uh, want I want everybody to take this this whole just this one season, the whole season, the episode and the season, right together. And remember this: this is proof that white folks also beef over petty stupid shit. 
It's all they do. <laughs> that's what, yeah, but say that, that their petty and stupid is bigger than most things, but yeah, they do. Yeah, exactly. it's even worse because they have a lot of authority behind it too. To yeah. really, so, to so really fuck everything people, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah like they get St. Louis who ran through a gay bar with his car and then arrested the owner of the bar. Yo, that's crazy, bro. Man, like, World War One was about beef because like they killed a, a white dude in Serbia, kind of. Yeah. The prince Ferdinand. Yeah, Gabriel Princip killed him. Hold Every on, time they... Steph has a good game, I say uh, that he's on that, and it's always against the budget. <laughs> Wait, hold on, didn't they catch that nigga? Like they caught him at one block, they couldn't do it. Shop. Then they caught him at the the other block around the corner. Bro, they were, they were mm-hmm. gonna boom him by any means. <laughs> yeah, he was in a coffee shop because he was a kid who had just joined the, re- I guess the rebellion. Yeah, depending on which side you're on, I don't really remember which side we were on. But he was like a 16, 17 year old kid who joined the rebellion. Uh, saw the dude lacking in a coffee shop, shot him, went around the corner, had a freak out in another coffee shop, and then got canned in the Damn. coffee shop. That might be the most faithful teen assassination since uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, nice. Ooh, wow. Okay. That's a good reference. Good reference. Hey, thank you, man. I try. Right. Um, but back to the worst season allegations. How do y'all feel about this season? Uh, training day, Denzel Washington. You niggas lied to me. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't get the notion behind the, the hate of this season. It, it comes off more like you know, because niggas just go into this expecting drug deals, niggas, gang banging, shooting, that, that type of shit. So it's they don't understand the first season. You know what it, I'm exactly. So they they look at it and they apply that like, oh, that's supposed to be a every season thing. And I, I want to say that's like more so. Um, Attributed snowfall. to the fact that yeah, shit like that, like snowfall power, because yeah. they try to compare these shows a lot, because the the common consensus is well, the common denominator is black niggas selling drugs, and they think <laughs> that's just a every season thing instead of just letting stories build, which is what season two does. You start to you, if you didn't peep it by season one, season two is literally just laying out the land of Baltimore, right. and it goes on from there. So if you go in there like. You know, tunnel vision, you think like, all right, where uh Stringer and and Avon, like this nigga gonna break out of jail type shit, you gonna miss the in- entire purpose of this fucking season. Right. And plus I also think people it's a it's a lot less of their favorite characters. Like you don't really see Avon too much, like early on at least. Right. You, you see Stringer a lot. Stringer's the guy at this point, you know. You don't so, even see bubbles in none of them. None of them, you know, Kima's and like what, two scenes in these episodes, first episodes? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So she was at the desk, and that was it. Yeah, that's shit. She seen the shorty with the um, the pregnancy thing. I'm uh I'm reading all the pieces matter to you know get all the little tidbits of the season. And in real life, they had to tell basically all the black actors from the first season like, "Yo, we promise we got y'all like in two years, but ain't none of y'all season two basically." And then niggas was like, "What?" Yeah. Oh, they hit the uh the Vince McMahon, all the black people lead the ring. Lead the ring. <laughs> Mark Henry, that shit. Sheldon <laughs> Benjamin, get to the back, nigga. Hey, can we uh can we get an edit with David Simon's face on that for, for that, for that problem? <laughs> That's what we need, uh. Uh it got to the point, but uh the actor who plays Bubbles called his agent and was like, yo, like this shit can't go can't go right. And then and the show called him back and was like, Nick, if you want to come back for season three, you gotta tell your agent to fuck off. Yeah. Hmm. Did they um not to cut you off? Did they talk? Did they talk about like was season three like was it confirmed? Because I would understand like why he would be nervous about that. So basically, the sh- the show. How can I put this? Like 
the sh- they guaranteed them like maybe a couple seasons, right? Mm-hmm. But in David Simon's mind, they basically treated it as if they were about to be canceled every season, right? So yeah, it's something they kind of kept in the back of their mind, but like, no, because I understand uh, the the actor that played Bubbles. If I like every season is like nigga, I don't even know if I'm gonna get screen time again. I would yeah. understand why he like yo. Nigga, look me up some some gigs because this shit might not work out. That yeah, that's just the stark reality of every damn actor, especially if you black. Exactly. Like, you go, you get part, you get part of some. You fuck that. Like this show wasn't super popular for everybody, but this was a hood classic by season one. You know what right. I mean? Right. So right. everybody, so I, it, they talk about it in the book, but everybody basically went back to where they from, and everyone was like, "Damn, nigga, you on the wire? What's up?" And then you go back to set, you like, oh, yeah, you can't come back to set for a whole another year, maybe. Then especially with bubbles too, like, yeah, honestly, if you really, really had to cut it short, you really could have wrapped a bubble story <laughs> by the end of season one, bro. That oh, could have just on. been it, you know. That that bubbles going out as an addict would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like if he, if he went if he went out like uh, Johnny does in season four, right in yeah. Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah, it would have it would have been really tragic because it's basically like, all right, this nigga tried to get clean. Police basically told him. Nigga, get these drugs back yeah, in your system. And then this nigga back, be back a club. But I mean, I feel like that's the reality, though. Yeah. Like, and I think that's kind of like what the value of season two is when it comes to, I guess, setting the table mm-hmm. for the wire. Like, like we were saying, like, and a lot of the shows before, like, like break in Breaking Bad, for example, like, I don't really think New Mexico was like, I don't really think it's integral to the setting. Like, it, it might be here and there for like just the purpose of, hey, um, we're burying stuff in the desert, but that could that could be anywhere in that. Could have been Vegas, could yeah, be wherever, yeah, yeah. That could be Arizona. That could be that could be Southern California. It doesn't really matter. But Baltimore had a very specific, uh, had a bet like it had a very specific role in how the entire show was going. So season two, I don't want to say it's the best because I think season four is probably my favorite and the best. But yeah, I think that's probably like top three seasons. Absolutely. Honestly, talking about like what season two means, uh, David Simon basically broke it down in the book and all the pieces matter and said season two was about the, quote, choking death of Americans, blue collar working class and how a child could no longer necessarily basically trail on their daddy's footsteps after basically all the industries dipped out. Steel, um, grain, uh, wheat, all that shit dipped out after Reagan, because fuck Ronald Reagan um, and created this. The reality after that, niggas couldn't work at the docks for the rest of their lives anymore. So they had to start. Yeah, they started. They had to start hustling. Um, they had to start doing shit like uh, literally putting together bribe money for shit like lobbying funds for a port expansion to keep the union and its members fed. And then all that shit leads to them being so desperate that they gotta smuggle drugs, smuggle drugs, and smuggle bodies for the fucking Greek. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is scary ass nigga. Thick ass, thick ass uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> the Greek is the white racial ghoul in my eyes. Yeah, man. Bro, the was like, and it was like, oh, you Turkish nigga? Oh, for sure. I'm saying racial ghoul, not white. No, no. He's, uh, he's like Asian. Like he's like Chi- Asian. Yeah, he's like Chinese and Middle Eastern. What? Was it? Nigga, you thought Liam Neeson was really racist? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> 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 yes. 
mind gonna hold you, bro? Oh man! First time I seen Ray Ghoul, I just thought he was a tan nigga in Batman the Animated. Or, uh, tan oh my god! You thought Ray Ghoul was Italian, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you just you just a European with a tan, nigga. Oh, yeah. My, my, bro, my dog thought it. Maroney was Ray Ghoul. That shit is crazy, yo. <laughs> dog, that that nigga had Criminal Enterprises. I guess he had ninjas, but like I didn't think. I guess he had ninjas. I guess he had ninjas. Yeah, he did have ninjas. I not, not to sound hey. hashtag racial, but that you, you describing the Asian guy right now. No, I I am. I, I totally am. I, the I, nigga I, had ninjas. No, <laughs> ninjas, nigga. The nigga name was Race, nigga. Al <laughs> Gould, <laughs> bro. Oh man, say you're a national treasure, man. I, I really have to be your friend, man. I, I, I really am. Oh, uh, in real life, for the for the uh, for season two, they had they basically had a hard time getting anything from the people like who actually worked at the port that they had to work with, you know, during the sets and shit. Um, and it was a lot of basically post nine eleven concerns because remember, this is right after nine eleven. At least this season was filmed right after nine eleven. Um. And they weren't sure they basically had to get work done because, like, they had a security shit. They eventually got access to everything, though, because the staff researcher's mama went to school with the head of the union. Respect. Mm. That plays he, right into the show, too. They yeah. literally had, they had, like, a whole meeting about it. And he looked up. It was like, are you so-and-so, son? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I got you, niggas. I, yo, y'all my peoples. They good with me. Like, that, mm. that's the whole story of how the niggas got, in, got into the goddamn you with the union. You know, you guys ever heard the story about how like Killer Mike got Young Nudie on his album? Like, yeah, nudie, yeah. nudie was just not fucking with the nigga Killer Mike until his mama. He realized Killer Mike knew his mom from they went to school together, and she made him do the verse for him. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit that is, is two <laughs> different Atlantis, huh? <laughs> Imagine your mama tell you, "Hey, you better rap over this beat, nigga." You better rap with that nigga. I had algebra with him. He cool. Oh, yeah. That nigga's the reason I met your daddy. Exactly. Um, they so the writers figured out like how to, to to like I don't know stage the crime of the season, right? Right. Um, and they had a rule in the writers' room, which is basically it either happened or it for sure didn't happen, or there's rumored to happen, but we ain't got all the niggas here to tell us that. Um, so they started asking about like the plausibility of what the fuck they had thinking, right? Like, could you really steal a fucking a whole goddamn container off right. a motherfucking dock? You know what I mean? Um, they asked management. And then Manuel was like, no, nigga, what the fuck? Why the fuck would you try to steal a container off the dock? Like, who would ever do that? They asked the niggas who actually worked at the dock, and they were like, shit, nigga, which one you want? We can feel we'll make it work. You don't gotta tell us which. So that's how they that's basically how they they staged the crime of the season type shit. And I think it was mad funny that the, the niggas who actually worked there were like, hell the fuck yeah. Hell yeah, we do this all the time. Let me show you. It's crazy. All right, man. Are y'all ready for the most requested segment of Shocker Confessions returning to y'all? Absolutely. Let's do it. Y'all know what time it is. We're one year older, slightly. So that means we got to throw it back to the year of our Lord, 2003. What do all you niggas remember about 2003? I can smell the the white do-rags and bulletproof vests. (laughs) And the big ass G's and the tank tops, nigga. You know what I'm saying? 
This was the 50 Cent era, niggas. Firmly. Yeah, we're gonna have to had to be there. One of these episodes, we're gonna we're gonna just break down the the rise of 50 Cent in 2003 because that's some shit you just had to live through. Yeah, Um, you really had to be there. What else do y'all remember about 2003? I definitely Uh, remember asking girls if they wanted to get a nightcap. I had no clue what the fuck that was. Yo, what kind of freaky frog were this you? Nigga, like? Yeah, man. How old were you in 2003, nigga? I was in third grade, dog. Nigga, what? A nightcap for you is so uh, warm milk. <laughs> what the fuck? Dog, you know what's crazy? I didn't start drinking until I was 20. I believe that. That makes sense. I, I didn't start drinking until I was 20. So what he was, was he doing? Just get high of life, nigga. Just throwing holes in Shirley Temple's, like. I didn't. Sp- I didn't start smoking weed until like 22, 23. Damn. Yeah, bro. You a late bloomer, like shit. Damn. This development is shocking. <laughs> I was chilling. I I, I was bitch chilling, bro. <laughs> I had older siblings. I saw them niggas be stupid. I didn't have. I, he was like, yeah, I don't know what parts. I get it. I get. Then he was taking notes. Like oh. I, I drank a little in high school, but like I didn't start getting drunk, drunk until like. College. That nigga said, "I'm gonna wait till I'm an adult to do all the dumb shit they did." <laughs> um, I mean, I have my brother's ID too, so like, oh fuck, Real. yeah, oh <laughs> real crimes. Besides asking hoes for nightcaps in the year of our Lord 2003, what do y'all remember about 2003? <laughs> shit, like Van said, I just remember that was the big boom of Fifty Cent. My fucker wow. thought that's that's our black ass Superman, bro. I, you know, I like. Every week was asking my mother, like, yo, is it's gotta be a way I can get a G unit chain, bro. Oh, nigga, you ain't get one for the beauty supply store. I feel like that's every, every that's day exactly where I wanted to get that bitch from. But my mother, yeah. she knew the she knew the lore of uh Curtis Jackson. <laughs> she she knew the, like, lore. the lore. She was like, no, nigga, that shit is not fucking happening. Ta- talking about 50 Cent like Baldur's Great Three is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a manga, 50 Cent the manga. <laughs> Yo, so Goku basically, bro. No funny shit. So, like, yeah. I remember um my my best friend, third grade, his name is Kevon Price. Still, right. my, still one of my best friends to this day. He actually does. He shoots uh all of Kimi Casanova or uh, Akeem Ali videos. Oh, okay. He's his videographer. Hmm. I swear, I swear, his it was either his ninth or tenth birthday. Had to be one of them. Uh, it, it might have been like. Uh, probably 2004, 2005, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, for his birthday party, we definitely watched Get Rich or Die Trying. That's history. Yeah, you know I mean, because we are both we're both from Queens. Of course, we're both from Queens. I really so appreciate we, that. Like he knew on his birthday, it might be the one day his mom will be like, "Damn, it's the only thing you want for your birthday." I guess. Okay. I guess <laughs> we, I we watched out. it at the crib, bro. We watched it at the crib. We had it on DVD. We had it on bootleg. We had all you niggas not listening to it when it rains, it pours. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I just say we had we had that joint on bootleg, so we was playing uh Mario Kart Double Dash the entire time. Damn. Oh, nigga, this sounds like a good time. It's bro, like, yeah, I, like I remember time. this shit vividly, vividly. Yeah, it's like a good time. I can't lie. Let's get into a little bit of a taste of the music in 2003, just as a snapshot for y'all. Right, I'm gonna give y'all the Billboard Hot 100 top 12 because. I wanted to cut this off at 10, but 12 is too goddamn good to pass up. Right. Um, starting with number 12, Get Low by Little John and the Eastside Boys featuring the Yin Yang Twins. Shout out to the Yin Yang Twins. 
Ah, yeah. If the EA Toys came out today, they'd be megastars, bro. Hell yeah. They'd be out here with Duke Deuce dancing. All kind of shit, bro. They were ahead of the time. The original Ray Shrimmer. <laughs> uh, Eleven, damn, by Young Bloods and Little John. Uh, the times once again shot to Little John. Ten, walked out of heaven by Jagged Edge. One twelve with felonies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they are, bro. Oh, number nine. Step in the name of love by Redacted. Oh, that, that criminal in Cook County. That's oh, that's that on a billboard. You said what number was that? Uh, nine. I got a very Eagle, bad feeling he's gonna show up again. Eaglewood, uh, <laughs> Jeff Epstein, bro. <laughs> Crazy. Eight. Sugar, sugar by Baby Bash. History. Shout out to all my uh, Hispanic uh, women out there. That was a jam. <laughs> that was such a fly ass song. Bro. And the Hispanic looking white women too. Yeah, they love that song. They love that song. J Lo, we looking at you. Um, <laughs> number number seven. Here without you by Three Doors Down. Oh yeah, that's heat. That's heat. That's real music. Number six. Holiday Inn by Chingy, Ludacris, and Snoop Dogg. He okay. he, it was fire at the time. Hey hey, see it as so, a- unfortunately that's only the second best song about a hotel that came out around this time. Uh, that is crazy. Sure, that is crazy. Sure. Um, see it as a, as a as a fellow person here who had big siblings in the year of our Lord two thousand three. How much wild did you see to the song Holiday Inn? <laughs> hey bro. <laughs> 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 I've been married with two children now. I don't want to get him in trouble. I don't want to get. No- <laughs> I, w- I will say this: as a nigga who was the basically the team mascot in 2003 for his big sister's AAU travel team, I saw an incredible amount of wilder and shit I cannot recall legally. To yeah, the song Holiday Inn. That's using limitations on this shit. Were you the kid that used to like, you know, when they give out snacks at the end of the game, you would take snacks even though you ain't playing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say no, but hell yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but to say you can't lie, bro. Tim is here to confirm. Yeah, yeah. I was there them times too, nigga. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even count. This is, this is a bullshit. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, number bro, five. Bro was walking around with all the Doritos and all shit. The, like, all the hey, 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 man! Them Scooby Snacks was hidden. I don't give a fuck what nobody saying. All bro, right, graham crackers or or the fruit snacks? The fruit snacks. The, yo, in two thousand three, that was the peak of the fruit snack Scooby Doo power. Yo, hey, the movie so, just hold came on, out. Hold on, hold on. We all play sports, right? And you know, after the game, they come in with the little Frito Lay assortment yeah. box, right? Yeah. yeah. What was y'all niggas taking out of, taking out of that box first? Flaming Hots. Okay, respect, respect. Flaming Hots, if, if the Flaming Hots was tight, because you know niggas grab niggas. Flaming Hots. Flaming Hots first. So if them shit's gone, I'm going to Doritos. If this if them shit's gone, nigga, I fuck around, grab the Fiends, nigga. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay, respect. Hey, yo, Last resort you. is the Fritos, but hopefully if they had chili cheese Fritos in that in that box. Yo, that was my I'm backup gone. choice. That's respect, respect. I used to just go for the Lay's, bro. You can't go I really, wrong. With can't go really wrong with Lay's, though. I, I, I really hate how me and similar to me, Tim are. The shit is kind of scary sometimes. 
With my twin, we be my baby. <laughs> That's funny. What about you, Sid? Oh, oh, I rock with Funyuns. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, Respect. <laughs> nah, I guess, like that was the one thing my brothers didn't eat. So like, I, I just had to. <laughs> you know, it'd be plentiful. Wait, hold up. So question, qu- question for everybody here, right? What was the wackest halftime snack you've ever had? Oh, you know. You know, when you're young, you say fuck health. So niggas try to show up with granola bars and shit. You're like, man, yeah. get the fuck out of here, bro. I'm probably trying to get like apple slices. <laughs> like, nigga, I ain't trying to eat that. Yeah, well, nigga, what's the Kool Aid jammers, nigga? <laughs> nah, one time I seen one of my teammates, nigga, ate a Pop Tart at halftime. I was like, bro, what? Poverty. Nigga ain't get no nourishment. <laughs> he took that bitch right out Dog. the box. He didn't even throw it in a toaster, nigga. Nigga, he burned the calories standing up, bro. <laughs> Dog, the worst part is this shit was like high school, dog. Oh fuck. Yeah. You a grown man. Come on, man. Come on. Fuck this shit about to, about to do for me. Right, um uh, number number five. Did I get to number five already? Uh I think we had six. What was the six last ho- six? Oh yeah, yeah, we have five. We have five. All right, cool. Five. Baby boy, Beyonce featuring Sean Paul. Mm-hmm. Add this to one of the greatest list of songs that we never got a video for. But continue. No, we- we got, no, we got a video for it, That's but we didn't get that. the we didn't get the original video. Ah, yeah, you're uh, right. That's young young Hove got a little jealous, and he said, "Yo, shut and shutting all this shit down." Shutting the studio. Mad over his teenager. His teenager oh, oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh shit! Ah ha! Let's go. Time to have this conversation. <laughs> Gee whiz. I'm just saying. Oh my god, Hove Allen, that's crazy. Oh, oh man, Hove Kelly, nigga. Yeah. Oh, that, that was that was this time too, wasn't it? That's Marcy, crazy. Marcy Jeff FC, crazy. This this is the best of both worlds, or best of two worlds era. Oh too? yeah, best of both worlds. Yeah. Hoes, hey man, this nigga blowing up the spot, nigga. This oh, is yeah. was this the same year as him beefing with Nas? Yeah, this is Ether and all that yeah. shit. Like a year we might, before, we might have to bring Justin on to talk about that. And takeover were both 2001 because those. Uh, Ether hap- or takeover happened on 9 11. Yeah, 9 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. My bad. No, that was the black album. No, no, he, he wasn't. No, That's yeah, that was, the, that was the what more can I say? The paranoid raps era. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is after he had to apologize for uh, Super Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Apologizing for skiing your uh, kids' baby seat in the car is crazy. <laughs> Did his OG make him do that? Yeah, his yes. mom was made him. Because Nas's oh, mom and Jay-Z's mom were friends. They went yeah, to church together. Yeah. yeah. You can't say you won after no shit like that. Your mother made you publicly apologize to the end. Like, nah, nigga. Your mommy. <laughs> your mom got involved in your battle, nigga. Yeah, man. That's why Start calling that nigga Sean. Thanks. Uh, I don't know. Nah, that's kind of... Nas is box for that one. That's crazy. Yep. All right. Speaking of Nas, number four, Milkshake by Khalees. Ew. <laughs> Real music. Ew. Commercial hit. Real music. That shit, number, that shit lasted for generations. It's the, hey, it will never stop. We will never escape that song. Until we, we get into the Horizon Zero Dawn era of, of humanity, we will never, ever escape that song. Speaking of songs you couldn't escape in 2003, number three, The Way You Move by Outkast. Every older black person loved this song. Like, my grandparents, this was their favorite song, bro. Yeah. My mama was firmly in her fuck hip hop era at this time, and it was the one song <laughs> she allowed in the crib at all times during the day. That was about some rappers. 
Right, right. Bro, Outcast had some shit that shit whole time though. Yeah, that speaker box. Uh, yeah, yeah speaker box. Little, little, little. You got that, and you got hey y'all, nigga. Wow, hey y'all, roses. Type yeah. Jesus Christ. Right, yeah, we'll get to hey y'all in a second. Number two, stand up, Ludacris featuring Shauna. <laughs> some one of the most problematic lines of rap. Feels like I got a midget hanging from my necklace. <laughs> Very problematic. The fire line. <laughs> did in the video, he's spinning a little person. <laughs> very hey, problematic. Bring, bring, bring back music videos when the lyrics were very literal in the, in the video, bro. Oh, uh, yeah. This nigga had on big ass Air Forces, nigga. Back, I, back, like back when niggas proved they lived their raps. I yeah. need a V's video where everything he says happens. Brother, no. Even... <laughs> you know how many, many Percocets can we fit in one video? <laughs> nah, bro. I would, I would kill for like another week of, of like TRL for sure. Yeah. Like, they should just bring it back for one week a year, bro. If they do it like at the end of the year where they just do uh, like a, a yearly music recap show, that would be fire. You, you know, like BT, they do the 100 videos a year. Of the year that shit was hard. I fell asleep every year to that. Every that, year. That and the VH1 one in February, which was like random as fuck. Yeah. Good times. That in between episodes of fucking uh, I Love New York. Yeah. Oh, damn. Was I Love New York in 2003? Was that flavor? Probably. That might be flavor of love time. I want niggas Season real two. and chance. What y'all niggas doing about the real, real and chance? That's it, love. I just say that was the first silk perm before uh, before Cat. That's a fact. That's crazy. We gonna we gonna have to eventually talk about flavor of love. That is wild. Um, <laughs> that might be a whole other show. That one hey. was wait wait hold on was shit. So who was the first one? Was it delicious or was it hoops? Hoops hoops hoops. All right, cool. Then it was delicious. It was yeah hoops delicious and thing two, which niggas don't even remember thing two. So that shit don't count. Multiple seasons of a show where you're trying to find love is insane. Like it's it's just you doing it again. Hey, here's, a, here's the crazy thing. Whole time the nigga was married. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Everything is wrestling, bro. Yeah, Shout, out ben Coyle. <laughs> Shout out Ben Coyle, nigga. This shit is crazy. Wow. Shout out to Ben Coyle. Hey, number one. TV don't hit no more. <laughs> not, yeah. not, not the same. It don't. Niggas talk about married with medicine. I'm sick of this. Number one. Hey, I. Uh, by yeah. Outcast. Yeah. This shit, yeah. That video is fire. Understood. Speaking of shit in the year of our Lord 2003, we got to talk about another pivotal year in a certain industry that just had a, a couple of big hacks. Video games. Yeah. Video games 2003 was some shit. Let's start with the sequels, right? First off, our sequels, prequels, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the stars of franchises. Tony Hawk's Underground. Yeah. Madden 04. Classic right there. Beyond classic. That had Mike Vick on the cover, right? Yes, yep. Sir. Yep. Oh man, what game, nigga? Game changing. Game oh changing. nigga, no, no, that was different. That was Madden, when Madden was actually good. Madden 04 might have won. I think Madden 04 won Diamond in the Hood. I'm gonna keep it 100 real with y'all. This, you no, know, like that, and that was the era when everybody would share games. Everybody yeah. had a copy of yeah. Madden. Yo, there were so many. Yo, just regular niggas. You can see them walking down the street carrying their PlayStations. Yep, taking their PS2 to their man's house. Two controllers. No, me, me and my brother, we used to. We used to steal games from Blockbuster. Like, <laughs> real. We used real. to switch. Uh, That's all. I got Jet Li's game too. Oh, oh yeah, hard. That's Crouching game. Tiger Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we used to. Uh, I, I remember we stole WWE Reckoning Day and replaced it with Kelly Slater's Pro Surfer. 
you guys are assholes. Unless somebody <laughs> opened that shit up. Like, yo, what the fuck? I would have been hot. Man, oh, no, they were the Triple H. Hey, bro. And that, that was, like, the first one where, like, you could, like, talk to... You could actually, like, talk and, like, decide what you're saying and shit. Right. And they would actually talk. Yeah, nah, niggas was sick. And that shit was on GameCube. So it was, it was like, it was niggas who actually wanted to play the shit. Like, you wasn't getting a GameCube just to, like, play games. Right. Especially not no fucking single-player WWE game. I, that, was, <laughs> that was business, huh? Listen, I want, I want niggas to understand how much people love playing video games in the year of Rollo 2003. It was not insane to see niggas carrying fat back TVs down the street with somebody nice. trailing with a PlayStation, bro. With mul- yeah. with <laughs> multiple controllers and yeah, multiple bro. memory cards. There was no flash screen TVs. It was still fat back era. You know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. was fat back. Yeah. You know, some cardio in back in the day, brother. Ah, uh, yeah. But those sleepovers and like kicking over people's house during that time, bro, it's nothing like it, man. Bro, that and land gaming. Oh, man, good times. Something something introduced with Halo is crazy. Um, NBA Live 04. Bonus points if you niggas can remember who's on the cover. Jason Kidd. Nope. Uh, Dwayne Wade. Nope. One Carmelo? Carmelo? 04. Uh, Carmelo. Oh, oh. Nope. Damn, 04. Who the fuck is... It's not Come Vince on. Carter. Yeah, Vince oh. Carter. Vince Carter, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you. it took y'all niggas five guesses to get that. Damn. Yeah, Vince oh, Carter. I'm, I'm not going to lie, bro. My brain is like, it begins at like 06. So that's D Wade, right? Yeah. So. To be up. fair, it was a lot of niggas eight, hooping eight, during oh, that era. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hold up. So I got to gotta bring it back. It's the same year as ESPN NBA basketball, the, the, the fifth game in the 2K era, or the game right before um it became 2K. Um, can y'all give me tell me who's on the cover of 2K of of NBA ESPN NBA basketball the precursor to 2K? Oh, AI AI was on like nine of those covers. Bro. AI was real on niggas first he was five on like, joints, bro. He was on that shit for like ten years, bro. Was didn't that, didn't that joint come out on the Dreamcast at first? Yeah, it was. It was a Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah yep. Dreamcast exclusive. Yeah. Hey, I remember my cousin first got that. It's crazy. This is the same year as Final Fantasy twelve. Nice. Same year as Need for Speed Underground. Classic. One of the best racing games ever. Same year as Mario Kart Double Dash, as alluded to by Young Sid earlier before. That's the only yep. reason I had a, a GameCube. That Melee? Did Melee come out this year? Melee was like one of the flagship games for uh, for GameCube. That was there at launch. Nah, Melee came out in 2001, yeah. So wow. two years before. That's crazy. Yeah, Melee... Um, Go ahead. All right. Next, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. For Game Boy Advance? I think so, yeah. Yep. Damn, this nigga said memory is insane, bro. I don't know how. I game a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This nigga memory is crazy. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Classic. PlayStation 2. Yep. Sonic Heroes. Triple Classic. I remember playing that in Walmart a lot, and I because they don't do demo displays no more. I don't even know if kids even know that, but like oh, they nah. used to have it games where like you could just play in Target while your don't parents shop and shit like that at Christmas. Yeah, when my they would ne- shit out, nigga. Like mm-hmm. Paul's, my neck used to be on fire because I was staring at you, you looking straight up. Yeah, 
because it was uh, either that or it was like Jack and Jack Three, Jack and Dexter, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker. I've never played Zelda in my life. Yeah, me really? Never. Yeah, me, never. me neither. <laughs> Y'all niggas missed out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's yeah, that's crazy. Like it's just actually. Actually, yeah, nah, it's a lot of puzzles and shit. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Wait, hold up, hold up. Are you trying to call us low intelligence Negroes or some shit like that? What, what, what's going on, man? No, on the bottles eat no blaze. Hey, this, <laughs> this nigga say, oh, y'all them two K niggas. Y'all don't do puzzles and shit. Nigga games. Nigga games. If I if I had an older brother who played all the shit before me and solved solved all of it, it could help me out. I wouldn't have played that shit either. <laughs> I was too stupid. <laughs> Uh, Smackdown. Here comes the pain. Brock Lesnar, top top. I want to say top three wrestling game of all time. I matter of fact, I want to say top two to be completely honest with you. But yeah, it's I got a there. question: Is that the one where you was you was able to walk around the back and stuff and all that? I think yeah, so. Good. Yeah, and that was yeah. also the one where it introduced the elimination chamber in it as well. Oh, yeah, because that was my first match that Christmas morning. I, I cannot remember who I used in that match, but I do know Brock Lesnar was involved, though. I know who I know who's in that match. <laughs> All right, that's the first yellow card on, on, on Shotgun Confession season two. I'm just saying but that that's that's a, that's a strict warning. Don't make me get Michael Oliver on your ass, man. All right, um, here comes the pain. First video game with John Cena in it. Uh, the start of an era. Uh, no, nah, I ain't gonna talk about that. That's just hella deviant. I ain't gonna talk about that. No, nah, not nah, good. You are we on? You're about to talk about the, the little loading wallpapers? No, nah, because I so I had that little walkthrough gamer guy for Here Comes Pain. I remember vividly the one page of Sable looking amazing. And then I'm trying to remember, I'm like, did the game have a broad panties match thing in it? Because I think it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. It yeah, sure uh, did. Yeah, uh, hey, we we have evolved, man. One of my Jesus friends got Christ. one of my friends got beat in school for playing that. <laughs> <laughs> Mom beat his ass in front of everybody because he was playing that shit early before he before he went to school and she found out. That shit. That's always that's supposed to do that shit when your parents say work, nigga. Yeah, he left his he left his uh, his uh, shit on his mom. He did not have a memory card. Is that oh, why he did that? No. Bro, he had no she said, if I come home in that PlayStation Hot, I'm going to whoop your ass. She said, um, she said you watching porn? I'm like, you just have the broad panty match on the game. Nah, yeah, you, know, you know what really used to get niggas caught up? When uh, when you when you would just like put it in a sleep mode and you would think that the shit is off. Ah, man. Mom realized what? Had a different light on and shit, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, all right." Yep, it was, it was, it was big over, bro. Oh my god! Ah, uh, yeah, damn, shit was rough. One of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of two thousand three, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Real hip hop. Yeah, that's man. when I got back on the Pokemon because I I stopped engaging god. it when it went to Johto. Oh my hey. god. Hey, but I came back with Ruby came out, and I was like, "Oh no, this shit is fire!" Hey, real? Di- what what version do y'all cop? I caught Ruby. Real? I also caught Ruby because you know, we the same person. What about y'all? Yeah. Cop Sapphire, man. Yeah, I, I had Sapphire. My brother had Ruby. Damn, we set trip. Damn. Yeah, that's, damn. Yeah, that's I see a nigga rocking in here, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Damn. What, what y'all starters, nigga? 
whatever. Torchic. Yeah, whatever was the uh, fire Pokemon. Oh, Mudkip. Hey, so I didn't. Yo, know whoever picks a grass Pokemon to start it off, you're yo man. I'm gonna just shut the fuck up tarts, now. Pop tarts without the frosting. Uh, frosting. I'm gonna shut the fuck up right now, dude. <laughs> hey, no, nah, wait, 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 nah, well, hold up, nah. This is a safe space. Tim, no, nah, apparently I'm a Frank Ocean ass nigga uh, according <laughs> to Van, bro. Oh, wow. Hey, bro, nah, right, bro, that's so I was cool as fuck. I didn't know I shit up. about Pokemon, bro, because I, I stopped watching. I so when it. I loaded it up, I'm like, man, this little green gecko, this this little nigga cool, bro. The so, gecko, yo, he was gangster as hell. Yeah, yo, like, this, I he remind me of uh, not, not to cut you off. What's that PS One game like? Gex, the the fucking gecko with the tuxedo. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah. That's what I saw when I seen that nigga. I'm like, yo, this nigga dope. I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with everybody, right? Usually we hate on starters here in the Black variant, but Hoenn is one of the few regions where all the starters and their final evolutions hit, nigga. Sceptile, hey. Swampert, and Blaziken might be the greatest big three in Pokemon history. Like, that's true. It's up there with like Charizard, Blastoise, and all. Uh, I just say sec- second best, but it's up there. It's up there. It's up there. Niggas nah, don't man. show love to Empoleon like that. Grass types, crazy. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I did try. Empoleon to, was my favorite, but I Pipple, did try to get Piplup, Rockin', and Diamond, and I was like, nah, this ain't this ain't it. A water steel type, nigga. Oh, nigga ain't, 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 and ain't if he like flying moves, bro, nah, I don't know. Facts. You know what I ended up doing? I ended up just getting my Swampert from Emerald and just trading it to Diamond. And I was like, yeah, fuck out of here, Napoleon. I got my boy back. We <laughs> back up. This nigga went on the fucking dark web. <laughs> Yo, that, I just say, you had a you had an action replay and shit. And, and nah, back, hold up. Actually, yeah, can we let's take a second to talk about this actually? Tim had all the goddamn systems growing up, right? But more importantly, he had all the connector cables. He had the goddamn light that you can play at, at night on that shit, nigga. He had the uh, the the uh, what the fuck? What the little wireless adapter that came with the Game Boy Advance and shit? The link um, that you had, link cable yeah, the, the link, yeah, not the link cable. No, no, no. In this generation, no, it's like a wireless adapter. Yeah, you gotta be they like, piled, they piled it'd be like three shit. feet away to get that shit working. Yeah, they piled did some shit that you could like plug in a wireless adapter into the Game Boy. And it would connect to another one. You'd be able to battle wirelessly, right? This nigga had even that. He had all the goddamn attachments. I went to his crib one day. This nigga had Zapdos and um, was it Diamond and Pearl? Yeah, Diamond th- and Pearl. I think my starting roster Diamond and Pearl was like Swampert, Zapdos, Rayquaza. Uh, yeah, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Tim was the first nigga with a VPN ever. Bro. Like, what is going on here, bro? Like, did you did you get Mew from Pokemon Yellow too? Celebi, like the fuck? God damn, nigga traveled through the multiverse, collected. I just say, but just say, you 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 probably the nigga who put the fucking attachment on the on the bottom of the GameCube too. <laughs> like the he fuck, is. Yeah, I can confirm he is. I know he is. Think it was a human game shot, bro. Yo, dead ass. Think I had all the game guides from GameStop and shit. Like, call us poor even more, bro. Goddamn, <laughs> this is hey, fucking that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy because parents are really act like you asking for a lot, just asking for like a cable, like one cable. Yeah. Shit, this nigga C- cable costs like eight dollars, nigga. Right. These <laughs> Yo, seven dollars from the corner store, yo. Uh, all, all we had to go was to GameStop up the street. Yeah, that's it. It's, nope. Nope. I tested it. Tim with the first VPN ever. <laughs> crying, I was on the dark web. The dark web. I'll just say Tim came out with Plex like shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nigga had Pokemon line wires, crazy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> nigga had Pokemon Naranja before it came out. Like, what you <laughs> before we get too deep into the Pokemon talk, we gotta talk about a new IP that debuted in 2003, right? Yeah. First off, an Xbox exclusive manhunt. But more importantly, Call of Duty. Oh man, good times. The the first Call of Duty dropped in the year of our Lord 2003. Remember when niggas cared about campaigns? (laughs) (laughs) Remember when campaigns were like 10 hours long? Remember when campaigns were were 20 hours long, nigga? Actually had a layered story to it. Actually existed. Like and that shit wasn't just that shit wasn't just uh what's that shit they're trying to sell niggas now? I can't even fucking remember that dumbass shit. Battle passes. No, nah, not well. That's stupid too. But no, nah, it's like a <laughs> mode they introduced in Modern Warfare 2019. Oh, DMZ. They try to pass oh, that as the campaign now. Yeah. If you ever played DMZ, bro, it's just literally like Warzone with AI. So imagine that being you just paid seventy dollars for that bullshit. It's, it sounds like I uh, remember in um, Modern Warfare too. They had the Spec Ops and all that shit. Niggas wasn't playing that. It was it, no Spec Ops was way cooler because it's like you actually had a goal at the end of it, and you could get like cutscenes and you can get shit for it. DMZ is literally like we're gonna drop you on a fucking map that's you know bigger than Grand Theft Auto Five's map or whatever. You gotta get guns and then you gotta get off the map to save that gun, and then we're gonna send you on like intel missions. You gotta shoot it out with like sixty four fucking AI uh bots. Oh, oh and the whole fucking time is other players on the map, so they could pull up and shoot you and take your shit too. Yeah, fuck that, bro. Now that's the campaign. Now niggas made the campaign Walking Dead. That's crazy. Essentially, yeah. Remember, this is also when this game came out, the era before niggas could play online. But also oh, yeah, to talk so. about manhunt though. That I remember that being like a very controversial thing. Like then Australia like banned that shit. Yeah, yes. banned in mad countries, bro. Why? Columbine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Hey, hey, man. Columbine? What the fuck? I'm saying bro. that was a big deal in American history. Bro, the laugh followed by motherfucking flex mob is crazy. <laughs> Just the way he said it, like that casually, like nigga, Columbine, Columbine, bro. Dog, it wasn't even a question. Like he, he didn't say it like I knew what I was talking about. He said, "Nigga, you don't know that Columbine." Two kids stuck in with trench coats and M16s, nigga. That shit was a statement, nigga. I'm not laughing at the tragedy, bro. I'm just like, what the fuck, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yo, you niggas are ridiculous. You gotta get too, you gotta get this nigga is a com- this nigga yeah. dropped Columbine like a one-liner, nigga. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm too high for this. But nah, that, oh, game, that game was bad violent for no reason, man. Hunt. Yeah, like it was uh, like torture and some more shit, bro. Like you had niggas uh, like uh, in pe- like sneaking up behind niggas, stabbing, uh, stabbing them with screwdrivers and some more shit. Uh, someone actually also got murdered with the game, and like the, the the game was found in the murderer's bedroom, and it was like, oh, yeah, that, that was like peak. Oh man, video games are influencing violence Movies across this country. Bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh man, Mortal Kombat when people thought that was a problem. This it's like and nigga, Mortal Kombat's kind of like mild to shit today, you know. It's like nigga, I cannot punch a nigga twenty feet in the air and throw a fireball through his through his gut, my nigga. I can't do that. <laughs> say, if I could, I would I would have did that shit. I mean, I would have did, yeah, but like nigga, come on now. But you would have been done. You think I'm watching Scorpion and like, yeah, nigga, I got a chainsaw up my wrist, nigga. What the fuck? Hey. Know, but you know there's one kid in his room practicing. I'm gonna be like Scorpion one day, nigga. <laughs> hey, so like y'all y'all niggas ever try to like Kamehameha growing up, like just to see Absolutely. if you could do it once. Absolutely. Just in case. Absolutely. <laughs> just to keep that thing in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad it wasn't just me. That, that was before I grew up and realized I could exercise my amendment. I mean, my, my amendment, nigga. I was more of a final flash kid myself. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, I'm like, glad you said that because Vegeta yeah. was my nigga growing up. Say, yeah. hey, I, I was more of a of a. Actually, I'm not even gonna say what it is. Truck no, this ass nah. nigga. Big Bang Attack. Nah. Oh. Trunks is signature attack. I'm not gonna say the name of it. Just know. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It sounds oh. wild. It sounds what? wild. So I didn't say it. it sounds said trunks. Are we talking about Future Buster or um if you think long enough about Usher, you might get a few jokes about it. Oh herpes? <laughs> Burning attack. Oh this is a sick Negro. This is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say the name of the attack and be like, I was, I was thinking out loud, like, what the fuck is this name? <laughs> hey, I'm like, he said Usher. I'm like, what the fuck, Usher? Do? Oh, yeah. burn, herpes, herpes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was, like what, I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? Confessions got to do with this shit? Yeah, she um, don't chili, nigga. What the fuck is it? <laughs> You got a bad blast, nigga? <laughs> I'm like Jermaine Dupree, nigga. What the fuck, man? Uh, new systems or systems that came out and got discontinued in the year of our Lord 2003. <laughs> you, said, <laughs> uh, you say systems? The, yeah, systems. Uh, the discontinued joints would be the following. Super NES, NES, Game Boy, and Game Boy Color. All them shits got discontinued in the year of our 2003. The new hardware, the biggest systems of that year, the new hardware, the Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. And the Nokia wow. Engage. Oh, fuck. Oh, I remember that. The Engage was everywhere, bro. They was wow. pushing that shit hard. And I knew like one nigga with it. I don't yeah, know. And everyone was like, was a fire? And nigga was like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not, nigga. That's hilarious. Uh, let's get into the top 10 selling games of 2003, but I got to give a lot of honorable mentions here. Um, first and foremost, NCAA football 2004. Okay. Okay. Dragon Ball Z Budokai. Hey, was that the one with Raditz in the, yes. in the fucking... Hey, that, fuck yeah, my bro. Christmas morning up. Fuck that nigga. My thumb is still bleeding from that, bro. <laughs> bro, it, it took me three fucking months, and two of those months, I threw the disc across the house, nigga. I fucking Wait, hated up. that mission. How, how long did it take y'all to get through that mission? Three legit, fucking months, bro. Legit took me, like, weeks, brother. Like, weeks. I did sales. 
Oh, this nigga better different. All right, cool. That that makes that makes me feel a lot better. I also did a day of. I did I did the first try. I don't know what the fuck niggas was talking about. Yeah, that niggas talking. Doctor disrespect ass niggas in here, nigga. Damn, bro. Motherfucker, MLG pros and shit. Sea Nanners and Hutch. And bitch, I, I must be cheeks. I was you know ass. My bad, bro. You <laughs> beat my ass several times in this game. The fuck you talking about, <laughs> Yo, that, I want to tell y'all something, right? <laughs> and, and where I was from, at that time, I was in the suburbs, right? And no one could beat me in shit in the suburbs, yo. Nothing. The only nigga who can power bomb me in every game was this motherfucker right here, Tiff. Every man. single game, this nigga sent me to the Lord. Nigga, of course he had every attachment ever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had to carry out my big brother duties. You feel me? I'm like, nigga, nigga can't get one up on me. Fuck out of here. This nigga was in the hyperball time chamber while you, <laughs> you know what I mean, practicing. We gonna get this to this eventually, but that nigga sent me to the Lord and Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm so many goddamn times with Curse Mark Sasuke, nigga. I was pissed. Oh, oh yeah, I I will give you this. You almost I remember the one you damn near beat me with uh, Monado. I don't know how I got out of that one, but uh, that, that, yeah. That, yeah, that's crazy. You talk about you know you hear how he talked about say in damn near how I didn't win. Yeah, calling call MLG Pro. All right, nigga. Medal of Honor Rising Run, um, Dynasty Warriors Four, a very horny game. Yeah, very horny, but fire game. Very horny. <laughs> Dragon Quest Monsters Caravan Heart and a Japanese exclusive Mobile Suit Gundam Magura Sora. Damn, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. I apologize. Loki, Loki, I might go find some gameplay on it and post it in the chat. Yeah, um, that sounds interesting. But let's get to the top 10 selling games of 2003 and then we'll get into the show. Number 10. GTA Vice City with 1.3 million copies. Yes. So didn't that shit just come out the year before? Damn, bro, that's an impact right there. Still, top 10 is crazy. Yeah, yeah it's almost like GTA will stay in the top 10 for the rest of our goddamn lives. It's yeah. 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 Number nine, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker with 1.35 million copies. Damn, these other niggas. It wasn't that good. Like, it was all right, but it wasn't that good. Speaking of shit that wasn't that good, Enter the Matrix. The Matrix video game with 1.39 whoa, million whoa, copies. Whoa, whoa. What, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you you never played that, bro? Is no, you no, never heard no, about no. this? He said something that's not good. What are you talking about? The game oh wasn't God. good. Damn. Game was fantastic. Oh my god. I you ever beat niggas up at JP brother? You don't know the wonders. Dog, you could <laughs> slow <fine>. bullets down. <laughs> you could slow bullets down. Yeah, niggas, if that shit worked, that shit was wild buggy. It was glitchy as fuck. I ain't that shit move like Jedi Survivor, dog. That frame rate, nigga. Dog. Hey, man. That's real hoops. <laughs> there's a reason. Hey, there's a reason that everything gets remastered. We we don't see that on shit. And I just remember the game informer. Uh, All right. With, okay. So there's a reason we don't see that game. I'm not gonna say the reason, but there's a reason. I, I think I know where you're going with that, brother. And yeah, we, we talked about gonna, it earlier. I'm we're just gonna, gonna keep counting, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good part. Hell no. <laughs> oh god, no. Number seven. Hey, you you know the Kanye West gotcha. Gotcha, nigga. <laughs> no, that's uh, why we don't see the game. I'm not gonna hey, say hey, who. Moving on. 
Number seven, Mario Party 5 with 1.64 million copies. Okay. Fucking, fucking Nintendo, bro. They can sail yeah. water to a well. Nintendo Mafia, man. Uh, number six, Madden NFL 2004 with 2.3 million copies. Uh, yeah. It's Madden. <laughs> yeah. Peak nigga shit. Number five, Super Mario Advance 4, which was just a uh, Game Boy Advance remake of Super Mario Bros. 3. 2.59 million uh, copies. The Anuki suit, right? Yes. Yep. These niggas sold a quarter of 10 million copies. Hey, bro, don't know how to sell motherfucking... uh, They know how to... What's the shit I'm looking for? It's all they shit. I tell you that. Oh, listen yeah. to the rest of the top five. It's basically damn near all Nintendo games. Number four, Pro Evolution Soccer with 2.7 million copies. I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> it's like, it was like the 2K of, uh, of soccer. Oh, yeah. yeah, basically. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, no, nah, not Ronald. They had a fucking coat. Was it a, is that a ref? The niggas had a ref on the cover? They could, yeah, they couldn't get the license to nobody, bro. Except the refs. <laughs> That shit is crazy. Um, number three, Final Fantasy 12, 3.4 million copies. Okay. Number two, Mario Kart Double Dash, 3.58 million copies. Goated. And number one, to nobody's surprise, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, 6.212 million copies. Makes sense. Damn. Yeah, they, 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 they're in and out. God damn. Nintendo was. And let me tell y'all, this is just the American list. Oh, that Japanese list is probably insane. The yeah. worldwide list, it basically sold Pokemon sold more copies than damn near everything else on the list combined. Gee, that was peak era too, though, man. That's just crazy. Yo, we got we're not we're gonna talk about it eventually, but this is also this around the same time when Yu-Gi-Oh exploded and the niggas was back against the wall. Wait, did Yu-Gi-Oh just air or like it was it in a season and it just caught on? Nah, let's say let's go. Yu Gi Oh 2003. Saying this was the first mainline Pokemon game since '99. If you wow. yeah, oh, Yu Gi Oh wow. wasn't yeah. completely on, it was just about to get on. Yeah, Yu Gi Oh just popped in 2003. Yeah. Okay. Let's say that means Beyblade, Duel Masters, and all that probably popped around the same time too. Yeah, because Yu Gi Oh dropped in the states in 2002. So basically, that was that was the end of the first year Yu Gi Oh of the boom of Yu Gi Oh. So 2003, were they like in a tune? Were they? Wait, were they dueling uh Pegasus? Were they on that island? Let's Google real quick. Hold up. You give that's, so... that's the first season, right? <sighs> yeah. That's yeah, Duelist King. Yeah, that's when they on the island and shit. Yep, so it was Duelist Kingdom, Battle City. Okay. Uh, uh, the That's then the, the one where they introduced the dice and shit. Yep. Yeah, Damn, that's in you between got good memory. City. shit. That's Duke Devlin. That's in between Battle City and uh and the, um, the niggas was fighting Malik to the yeah. death. Yeah, that was Battle City. That's when they were on top of the blimp and everything. And then it was the Big Five and uh, Kaiba's family. And then it went into it went into the Orichalcos where they had the green thing on his head. And then the uh, and then the the uh, the what's it called the Dungeons and Dragons game with Bakura and Yugi. And then the final duel between Atem and Yugi. Yeah, you, you got really good memory, bro. Because I, I think really that's the order. Elephant, bro. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. 
Well, we might have to do a long form episode about Yu-Gi-Oh the same way we were doing one about 50 Cent because that's some shit you really did have to live through. It, you know, I went to goddamn Meyer the other day and nigga, the, the Pokemon section is bigger than the Yu-Gi-Oh section now in the cards. I would have never thought that growing up. Yeah. yeah. I would have never thought that would ever happen in my lifetime. Nope. Shit crazy. Y'all ready to get into the episodes? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we starting with season two, episode one, for people who are watching along with us or just following along with us. So everybody knows start of the season. We're going to go with the opening scene. Our favorite person, Jimmy McNulty, freezing his balls off on, in the Baltimore Harbor unit. And him, and during the opening scene is basically his part of being like, hey, man, this is kind of a blessing. You ended up on the boat. Now you ain't got to worry about that shit. You ain't got to solve no murders. You ain't got to you ain't got to fuck no bitches. You know, when you come home at night, you don't got to fuck the ADA. You don't got to do none of that shit no more. And that's before they get a call on the radio about this big-ass white ship with a dead engine roughly 2,000 yards off the pier, right? Um, on the way to the boat, right, McNulty's talking about how his pops used to work at the steel mill and got laid off in 73. Theme. His partner's dad also got laid off, but in 78. Another right. theme. Just yeah. want to say, before we keep going... Fuck Richard Nixon and fuck Jimmy Carter. Just want to throw that out there real quick because both you niggas are the reasons that these motherfuckers' parents lost their jobs fictionally. But we keep going. They pull up on the boat. They see a lot of rich white folks, a a several number of rich white folks, a.k.a. donor types. You know what I'm saying? McNulty pulls up and asks the captain what's going on. You know, they tell him they can't get the engine started or the start is not going, whatever the fuck it is. Nulty was like, all right, all right, bro, we'll we'll tow your ass to the shore. Right, rich. One of the rich people come back over and be like, "Hey, hey, bro, hey, hey, come here, come here, come in. This shit rocking, bro. Hey, 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 this shit jumping, homie. Hey, hey, hey man, man, listen, I would, I would hate for this party to get cut. What were you saying, Tim? That nigga say, "Hey, man, the music is hidden, the hose uh-huh. is out. Uh-huh. Hey, nigga, you got to keep it rocking, nigga. There's, there's much pain in the world, but not in this room. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> And Minolti looks at him like, my guy, your boat's in a fucking shipping channel. You you gotta move this shit. Uh, um, and the dude say the teens look- is here though, nigga. The teens. <laughs> I what, what looks like the Baltimore version of David Stern pulls out a money clip, <laughs> just like David Stern. And it's like, hey yo, can you just pull us out of the way and let the party keep going? And next shot is McNulty, mad on the boat, drinking a beer. <laughs> While they pull, they pull these niggas slightly out of the way and watch them party, um, and that's the scene we get before the the opening hits. What? How y'all feel about the second season opener? This, this nigga Minolti's in hell, bro. Said, first of all, <laughs> they sent him to the one place. He said he didn't want to go. They sent them exactly to go work there and shit. He's miserable. These rich niggas is getting on his nerves. You know, he, he's not. It's bad vibes for him right now. Yeah, it's, it's mad funny. You said like, "Oh, he don't got to do this no more. He don't got to do this no more. He don't got to do this no more." Just like, but he wants to. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the one of the police the, officers actually wants to. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna like, see it at the end of the episode too. <laughs> this is what he lives for. Yeah. This man's in hell right now. The the way he plays in the scene, like every time he says the shit, like you can just see like the knife twisting in his gut. You know, what I mean? like each time you don't got to deal, so you're going to solve a murder. Uh, you don't, you don't got to deal with that shit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it's torturing him. Uh, how'd y'all feel about the remix of the theme song, though? Hard, hard. It caught me off guard at first, but then I was like, oh, yeah, this shit rocking. This shit sounds like a, a white guy that sings metal trying to sing the blues. Like, 
if I if I imagine Pantera did a cover of the song, that's what it would sound like. What's the nigga from Metallica, Lee Singer nigga? It sound like uh, him trying to sing this shit. Uh, Lenny? Nah, nah, Lenny is uh the basis for that's uh, Motorhead. Motorhead. Oh my bad. Yeah. I don't know. It was Lars, wasn't it? No, Lars is the drummer. That's Lars on it. What was his name? Kirk. Is it James Hetfield? Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Sound like him trying to sing this shit. I thought. I thought it sounded like if like Logs and Messina took a break and was bored or some shit. Right. Yo, no funny. For a room full of black people, I'm very surprised we were able to rack off like the names of Metallica's members. To be honest, Metallica's like one of the, the six bands that niggas know. Yeah, yeah I, sure. I, I attribute that to like hella Naruto AMVs in my childhood. So, facts. Yeah. Big facts. That and Guitar oh, also, Hero, absolutely. Guitar yeah. Hero, Naruto AMVs. Also, VH1 used to do the, the decade list and shit like that. Exactly. So that's how it I learned was, about Instagram. Yeah. I love the 80s. Oh, that shit. It's <laughs> yeah, needs to bring those joints back instead of fucking reality TV reruns. Facts. They don't want to pay the music license to Fingers. Uh, we cut to the police after the after the, the opening theme, and we cut to Presbo with Valchek in Valchek's office, and and young Presbolusi is talking about how he doesn't he didn't want to be a police until the Barksdale case inspired him to actually want to be a fucking policeman. And possibly maybe he can go into some narcotics or some civil forfeiture work. He says, and I quote, I don't want to make rank. I want to work cases. Stan Valchek is not hearing a single fucking word this man is saying. Uh, Valchek says, listen, man, it's nice what you're talking about. But do you see this fucking window, nigga? I'm about to put this shit in the church. Well, we're going to donate this shit to the church in the name of the police. And then President Lucy is like. That's great, nigga. I don't want to go back to work in the desk, though. And Valchek says, fuck all that, nigga. You're going to pass some tests. You're going to jump some rank. I'm going to make sure your hopeless-ass career don't end up in the shitter because nepotism is live and well, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. And you know what they about Presbo? I be feeling bad for him until I remember what he did to that kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I be like, damn, this nigga got it yeah. rough. Then I be like, fuck this nigga, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I almost feel for him because, once again, you got another cop out of the entire Baltimore Police Department that work, actually man. wants to do shit. And then it's like, well, you kind of abused your power when you had it, so fuck you, nigga. Exactly. And then we learn later why this nigga should never be trusted with power, even when he is doing good work. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, we cut to the Barksdale organization, but Barksdale organization, I mean Bodie. I would say the corner boys, but it's Bodie and some niggas this time. Right. <laughs> Bodie and them. Um, Bodie is making a run with, I don't even remember the character's name. I'll keep it 100% real with y'all. When he says the radio ain't working, right? And the person he's driving with says, you stupid motherfucker, we leave in Baltimore. Try, try a Philly or a New York station, you dumb nigga. Also, I'm sorry, Sid, but this is the most disgusting ass Baltimore accent I've ever heard. This nigga said, you losing it. Um, Why are you sorry you said? I just live there, bro. I'm from New York. <laughs> I'm from New York, baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shout out to New York. Um, the nigga Bodie proceeds to uh, basically say, or the nigga asked him, Have you never heard a station outside of Baltimore? And Bodie was like, Nigga, I've never left Baltimore except for when I went to Boys Village and I dipped the first day. Nigga, think it's small. See, small minded Bodie, man. A pond, if you will. Uh-huh. 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 Message. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
speaking of pawn moves, whole time they're being tailed and don't even fucking know it. Um, and the niggas who tell them on the on the phone with who we will find out is Stringer and them as insane. Them niggas passing the test so far. Um, before before we get into that, right? How y'all feeling about Bodie this season or the intro to Bodie this season? Bodie's like when a nigga you used to work with get a little assistant manager boost up. Now he yep. think he on. You know what I'm saying? We gotta, hand, we gotta be serious, guys. You gotta handle this with responsibility. Guys, we have to like uh like Chad with the juice and Chappelle show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, you police ass nigga, man. Just hurry up. I was uh I was discussing Bodie um with friend of the show AJ of the uh of mid cars and catering. Shout out to AJ. Like, and uh and too we was talking about like Bodie's evolution and essentially like we was like this nigga went from like mopping the dining you know the dining room floor to you know making the tacos and taco bell type shit like you yeah. ain't really get much of a promotion but this scene would make you think like oh yeah he finna be pushing some serious shit and then later on you find out like not really nigga you you just went up the street you really ain't really doing too much yeah, like he's still a base level worker, nigga. Like, he right. went from like head burger flipper to like day shift manager. Yeah, but now like, he now, now you the cashier, nigga. Not, like, you know. It's like nigga, they don't even send you to do hits, so that should tell you everything. Ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't even send you to do hits. That's funny. Um, next shot, we go back to the harbor, and Bunk pulls up on Jimmy. You know, giving him shit for being on the boat because you know. The Gant case from the last season is starting to need to find witnesses because the case is about to start. The trial is about to start. Namely, they need to find Omar, Omar Little, our favorite Omar. Um, he also tells Jimmy that he owes him $10 for proving Jay Lynn's been right about ending up on the fucking boat. <laughs> After that, we cut to the pier where we see Frank Sabaka, the first appearance of Frank Sabaka, played by Chris Bauer, um, running a union meeting. Arguing about the canal dredging with a man named Nat Coxon, who promptly calls Frank Sabaka a shrivel dicked motherfucker and dips out. <laughs> he was high, he was going on, he was kind of mean promo in that nigga, bro. Um, at this point in the, in the in the series, also fun fact: the nigga who's playing Frank Sabaka, Chris Bauer, auditioned for McNulty in season one. Hmm. So uh, any, I, I mean, I can see him being McNulty too. I, I think they made the right decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no disrespect, caught, but caught I, him a good um, hand. Yeah. Um, he looked like he looked like uh, Pokemon Evolution of Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Evolve at uh, level thirty six. Exactly. That's what you get, nigga. Exactly. No, nah, not level thirty six. The joint at, at sixteen or fourteen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um. Also, Frank Sabaka keeps with the tradition of this show. With any white man with power openly talking about the detail of his meat in business meetings, um, what's up with that? White niggas and dicks, man. It's some. It's some to that, man. Yeah, it's some something really, you know, sinister about possibly. that. <laughs> oh shit. Um. After that, Frank does what all white men do. They go outside, take a smoke break, right? Before Nick Sabaka, played by Pablo Schreiber, appears. This is the first appearance of Nick Sabaka in the show, but more importantly, this is the same Pablo Schreiber who's playing Master Chief oh, in Halo. Shit, that is wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel bad for him because I'm sure this got better reception than that Halo series. Maybe. I didn't even watch that shit. 
Yeah. Hey, that makes sense. that makes four of us. Oh, um, that shit look like um, that shit look like Flash level bad CGI, bro. This shit is crazy. Yeah. Hey, don't disrespect Flash. They had two good seasons. Halo can't say that yet. Um, mm-hmm. you can tell from this scene, Frank Sabaka loves Nick like a son, specifically the son he wish he had. With that being said, Frank tells Nikki he got to pick up something from the Greek tomorrow night. And before someone, before he even gets done with telling him this shit, someone taps Frank and was like, hey, yo, bro, Ziggy is wilding. Can you come do something about this shit? Frank's hops in the goddamn golf cart, drives to the other side of the pier, where we see we enter Ziggy, telling some businessman to shut the fuck up because Ziggy can't remember where he put this goddamn shipping container at. Frank offers to square with the businessman personally before firing Ziggy on the motherfucking spot. And the, the co-workers around the motherfucker who brought uh, Frank over and was like, I can't believe this shit is happening. And the other man says, he ain't fired. Fuck out of here. It's so his son. <laughs> he's, it's his son, yo. He'll be here tomorrow. Um, remember that shot I said about the son he wish he had? Yeah. Yeah. Ziggy is the son he he wish he didn't have. Um, before we get deeper into this, how do y'all feel about the already emergent family dynamics of the Sabaka family? Um, yeah, this nigga, this nigga got a fuck up. Ziggy is like an ultimate fuck up, bro. The habitual fuck up, if you yeah, will. He, he's Mister Can't Get Right. Uh, you you think D'Angelo is like a fuck up? Uh, look no further than Ziggy. He. Consistent. Right. Oh, no. bad, but like we gotta we gotta establish like a baseline. Was that bad? We gotta establish a baseline of, of fuck ups, right? So baseline here. Let's go with let's say Theon Greyjoy is the is the extreme tier fuck up, right? <laughs> okay. Bottom tier fuck That's up. What we gotta do that for? What What you mean? How How Theon fuck up? He fucked up two different families. I feel like we really gotta establish just the the you know, hierarchy of fuck ups right now. Yeah, he's an extreme. Because every time we saying somebody a fuck up, it's meant with like, hold on, how they a fuck up? So, Theon Greyjoy tried to get it on with his sister and also try to kill his adopted siblings. I guess and failed. Uh, uh, and failed. They tried to take um, over their hometown and failed. That, that embraced them and failed. Um, it was a, a a fucking war prisoner. <laughs> And uh, most importantly of all, he got his wee wee chopped off, bro. <laughs> he really useless at that point. <laughs> so top tier extreme level fuck up. Do we all agree that Theon and Greyjoy fits the mold? Absolutely. absolutely. All right. Yeah, where, are we, where are we calling a bottom tier fuck up? Y'all can pick somebody throughout media. I don't care who. Um, someone who fucks up but like doesn't really cause any grave consequences. Um, I feel like you got to think of like a comedy at this point. Uh. Maybe Cat Williams. He always getting arrested and shit. <laughs> he's a horrible body. He be fighting security guards and shit. You know, he's fighting kids and shit. Yeah, yeah fighting kids. You know, <laughs> like shit. um, kind of Vegeta. You know what? Fuck it. We'll take Vegeta. Yeah. That, that's pla- planet murdering. Yeah, that's low level on the fuck up list. Apparently, where are we put because I mean, uh, uh, he. Uh, I mean, there's no consequences. Like for Ziggy, there is. Not for Vegeta. Like, there's just no real consequences ever. What do you mean? He died twice. That's light. That's light indeed. What does that mean? What do you yeah, mean light? light? <laughs> really died three times, bro. He got a whole baby and wife now. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, there's no... There's I was about no to say, it's, it's like the consequences are met, but then it's like it's quickly absolved once the Dragon Ball is coming to the equation. So 
and then also Vegeta has a safety blanket in Goku, so whatever he does do, it's like that yeah. nigga's gonna yeah. fix it or something. That point. nigga's wife a billionaire, bro. Come on, not man. even not even Goku. What he no one can really check Vegeta because no one's gonna tell Boma to fuck off. But also yeah. to Tim's point, Vegeta got revived, and the first thing he did was whoop Gohan's ass. Respect. Yo, he beat the yeah, shit out of him. I just was watching that today. Breaks off that nigga. <laughs> Yo, he was being a kid. Like, come on, G. Hey, n- niggas couldn't do shit but just watch. It. A nigga. Who the fuck gonna beat his ass? Nobody. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we back to police. In the evidence room this time. And Bunk pretty much pulls up and talks to the teller and asks him to collect some evidence for a trial that's in 30 days. When Daniels calls him over. My boy. And... Y'all know the clip of Kevin Hart and Don Cheadle talking about age, and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bunk basically has the same reaction to seeing Daniels and evidence. Like, damn, they really did put you here. That's fucked up, man. My boy, my boy Daniel should not be down there. He's a good police officer, man. He got a good heart. Good police. Oxymoron. <laughs> For whatever that means. <laughs> Oxymoron. Um. Bunk tells him that, you know, basically what, why, why he's there. Um, and the, him and Daniels talk about how he got put there and what, how's everything happened since then. Before leaving, Bunk, Daniel tells Bunk to give Bird his love. Remember, Bird is a nigga everybody jumped in the interrogation room last season. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to Bird. Buddy um, from Onyx. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the teller come back, comes back and tells Bunk, ain't no damn evidence in this locker for your case, boy. And they're like, what the fuck you mean? No damn evidence in the lock. He was like, this this classification here don't exist, nigga. We cut back to Bodie and them. As they pull up to the, in Philly, in the garage, right? And someone makes a call saying, the niggas arrived. So far, they are still passing the test. I don't know why, but the nigga giving an update sounds like Wesley to me. He did. Um, he did. <laughs> or Keith Lee, my bad. My bad, Wesley. I didn't mean to talk about you and your sciatica. Um... <laughs> Nigga, Keith Lee saw like beast from X-Men. All right, nigga. All right. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, we then cut to the pier. Matter of fact, the cathedral. Um, where Frank is sitting in a pew and he pulls out this fat ass wad of like a bride. Dog, Yo, like how sh- what should we call this? Bride money, drug money. Oh, <laughs> I ran contra money to give yeah. to the tie. Um, directly in front of father. Have y'all ever done some crazy shit in front of a priest and got nah. caught? Nah, never. Uh, Thank God, never. Uh, I don't really be in church like that enough to even do something. So The position of priest doesn't really mean anything to me, so if I have, it doesn't matter. Or, or deacon or, pra- or pastor or preacher? Well, pastor means even less to me. Them niggas be wilding more than I do. <laughs> Go to church and just be like, this is a sick Negro. <laughs> uh, say all, yeah, all them head to church. Yeah, them niggas be wilding. Nah, fuck them. Facts. Frank puts all this money in front of Father um, before getting pulled in to the nave to see the stained glass window. Frank Sabaka donated to the church, honoring the do- the the pier men, the the people who work on the docks. Um, and he talks about how this, this this glass was made in Germany and they brought it over. Um, they also gave like six thousand dollars to these niggas. Um, 
And I got to say one thing about the wad of money you pulled out, right? It looks, whatever the male equivalent of bra money is, that's what Frank Sabaka pulled out and gave to father. Much. Um, at least have some decency in cleaning them bills, nigga. Damn. But Frank asked father, basically in return for the window, for some FaceTime with the local senator. And father basically tells Frank, nigga, you ain't have to donate a window and, and bribe me to, like, get some FaceTime and get a favor, dog. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a servant of the Lord, allegedly. Um, and then he asked Frank, how long has it been since your last confession? And this motherfucker, Frank Sabaka, looks this, this priest dead in the face and starts cackling. Hit him with the yeah, right, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dab something dips out. Horrible foreshadowing to the rest of the season. Before we go on, how y'all feel about this interaction here? This scene. Just hilarious. It's hilarious giving the priest blood blood money and dapping them up. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. It's hilarious, man. Remember when I said 20 seconds ago that uh, <laughs> the heads of church be wild? Exactly. I don't I don't understand the science of getting stained glass with niggas packing boxes. I don't. I really don't understand that, bro. <laughs> Out of all the imagery that we, that you have in that religion. You got some niggas putting shit in trailers. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like, trying to put themselves over. Uh, it's like what the crazy. fuck this got to do with God, nigga? Like what is this? Where's God in this the... conversation? Like what is God in this conversation? Like what are we doing here? Do I what? heal God in this chilies tonight? <laughs> oh, um, we go back to Bodie and them who have gotten the cars out of the garage. They are now on their way. They're wherever the fuck they break down these cars and get whatever they need out of them. The drugs out of them. Um, Bodie and them are wigging the fuck out because they can't find the dope that they picked up or they thought they picked up. And Bodie was like, "Who they're talking about? They're sitting there rationalizing, like, you know, I think we could just go back to Stringer and tell him that we ain't find the drugs in the car and we ain't do none and he'll believe us." And Bodie was like, "Who the fuck gonna believe us? The shit is missing." Exactly. Very bold plan there, nigga. Uh... This nigga Bodie was in that bitch panicking like his mother was pulling up. He ain't take the chicken out the freezer. <laughs> no, exactly that though. Exactly that. But but we but we know why Bodie's panicking like that, right? Why is that? Bodie is freaking out because he now knows very well what the fuck happens to folks who not doing right by the gang. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Yeah. they smoked. Uh, they smoked Wallace. Oh, Wallace, yeah. Trauma. Where's the boy string? Trauma, that's guilt. There's a whole bunch of shit that you see. He might be be being haunted by the ghost of Wallace at this point. I don't fucking know. But that nigga is that nigga is wigging the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and the niggas telling them get closer and be like, what the why why are they in this chop shop so goddamn long? Um, they they peek in and be like, Hey string, we're not sure these niggas got the drugs, yo. Um, and then we cut back to back at evidence, the evidence locker, where bunk. Daniels and the teller that was with Daniels uh, before starts tearing every goddamn pile of evidence until they find what Bunk asked for. And the man walks up to Daniels and is like, hey, bro, you do know this is going to take all night. And Daniels is like, yep. He was like, oh, okay, cool. Are you going to approve overtime? And we never get an answer to that goddamn question. But back to police forfeiture, where we see Kima. Kima, who just survived a bullet uh, tickling her spine, Kima is struggling with Windows 98. As Herc walks in. <laughs> Maybe speaking. 
<laughs> Herc walks in and starts talking about how he loves white boys because they're dumb as shit. Quote, he calls him, Herc's talking about a thing he did. He calls him up and says, I want to buy some drugs. The man on the phone says, okay, I'll sell you the drugs. How many drugs do you want? And through this experience of busting easy-ass white boys in the drug game, Herc tells Kima that he has now gained respect for black folk through their ingenuity, their innovation, and their discipline in the drug game. <laughs> bro, the, the HR file on Herc has to be the size of a fucking dictionary, bro. Brother. This, this, this dickhead here, man. I think the funniest line is like the police should make laws so like you know even it out for white criminals. <laughs> like, like nigga, like what? Kima looks up at this nigga like nigga. There already are. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like bro, you way too comfortable talking to a black woman like this. This shit is insane. Oh my god. Uh, but the scene continues as Herc asks Kima for some paperwork, and Kima tells him to do the goddamn paperwork himself because she don't work in narcotics no more. Um, and Herc. Being the the good friend he is, offers Kima to come ride with him, serving some warrants later or, or, or executing some warrants later. And Kima looks up and says she made a promise to Cheryl to work at desk for the rest of her days. And her promptly calls Kima pussy whipped. Um, before we continue on, how y'all feeling about Kima? How y'all feeling about where Herc is now? Basically, where where most of the gang has ended up. We've seen half of the. Old major crimes detail. Now, how y'all feeling about the trajectory so far? Everybody probably got pretty much boring regular jobs now, you know, except Herc, the white man that was wilding out the most, you know, which the, is hilarious. The, the fuck up gets he's the still, most reward out of everything. He's still on the street causing chaos, you know, but uh, you know, everybody else is pretty out chill positions now, you know, reluctantly yeah. chill. Yeah, which to much of their dismay is like they don't want to be there because a lot of them is like, nah, nigga, I'd rather. Cracking cases because it was more so like more than just you know doing the right thing to them. It was also like nigga, it made my my shift go by way faster type shit. Like that shit was fun to them, right? Mm-hmm. They actually enjoyed it. They 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 were in it for the love of the game. Um, exactly. We go we go to the bar where Bunk and Jimmy on their long lunch from the last scene. They're talking about. Basically, Omar and Bunk ass drunk ass Jimmy McNulty. Where the fuck is Omar, Jimmy? I need Omar. And Jimmy McNulty, not missing a beat, looks up directly in Bunk's eyes and says, Who? <laughs> this, is this the scene where they busting down them crabs? Yes. Yeah, them niggas is going crazy on them crabs. I respect it, though. I got I to gotta yeah. say. Hey, that was Baltimore shit. Real uh, Baltimore yeah. shit. Um, we back to the Barksdales, we back to the corner boys, we back to Bodie. Bodie and them are tripping the whole ride home. And by home, I mean to the funeral home where the new base is. Um, where we then enter Stringer Bell sipping some tea while a nigga counts money in front of him. Um, I gotta say, that's the greatest metaphor for Stringer Bell I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the people's comes in and and tell and string asks if they got the times and the mileage right. Because apparently he asked all the niggas to write it down before time so they can compare it for when they got back. String goes through, interrogates everybody who was involved. So he interrogates the mechanics where they pulled up to that the chop shop. He interrogates Bodie and the nigga who who he made the drive with, right? Stringer eventually gets to Bodie last. 
after interrogating everybody. And he looks at Bodhi's sheet, takes the shit, and he looks at it and says, Nah, dog, you three tenths, you three tenths of a mile long, dog. Um <laughs> before we get an iconic stringer bell meme, literally, if you Google Stringer Bell GIF, it's the first thing that pops up of this nigga looking at Bodhi over his glasses and walking off. <laughs> um Stringer comes back. Go ahead, Dan. No, I'm just saying that's a classic fucking meme, bro. Absolutely. Um, Stringer comes back and tells Bodie that he ain't have to take a detour before Bodie realizes, nigga, you were telling me the whole time. And Stringer goes, who? Me? Um, how do y'all feel about the, uh, how can we call it? Stringer Bischoff, if you will. How are y'all feeling about him this season? This nigga is Stringer, man. <laughs> Writing on the wall, bro. Yeah, Stringer really think he's the businessman of all businessmen, nigga. Like, relax. It's, it's like Econ 101 at BCC. Like, relax, bro. <laughs> Stick wearing trench coats and shit. Like, nigga, please, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, he's one of the finance bros, for real. For real. The original. The original finance, bro. Yeah, dog. So, like, writing is on the wall. Like, <laughs> he's not making it to, to season four. Bro, this nigga took one fucking semester of macroeconomics and think he's Jeff Bezos or something. Like and like once again, he's trying to apply this to like the wrong world. By the way, that's that's foreshadowing for the people. Uh, it's going to fail miserably, man. Like, this guy is a fucking idiot, but he's smart at the same time. Though. Yes, Definitely. the smartest dumb nigga you will ever know, Stringer Bell. Kevin, um, Gates. I'm dead. He's smart to stupid nigga, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, my bad. No, he is though. He just black Gary V, nigga. <laughs> That's all Stringer is, bro. All right, we back at the pier at the bar this time where we see Ziggy mocking the old union guys as they tell old tales about the old days. When Nick walks in, you guys still talking about, you know, how you'll never see a grain ship in Baltimore again. And in the background, while they're talking about all this shit, Ziggy is living the Ric Flair gimmick. Um, and it is capped off with the, the exclamation of, God damn it, Ziggy, you're not taking your dick out again. <laughs> like, bro, what? <laughs> white guys and penises, man. They're obsessed, bro. We're back to the harbor, um, where the next morning, after getting drunk with Bunk all night, McNulty pulls out pulls the body out of the water or at least tries to before his partner tells him nah bro we just gonna drag her real slow like to the pier um back at the back at the dock sorry back at the dock at nick's house specifically nick gets woken up by his mama with ziggy on the couch after you know getting fucked up the night before and banks his head on the ceiling after waking up like all of us tall niggas do um she can't, scolds him. <laughs> for once, for once, Van, you outnumbered. I got all my I tall know, niggas I here know. with me. I love this. Um, she basically tells this nigga, "You, you, you bum ass nigga, why you ain't working the ship today?" Um, and Nick is like, "Good morning." Um, <laughs> Nick goes out in the back, tries to start the car. He can't, which means he can't make his run to the Greek because his car won't start. We then cut to the cathedral, back at the cathedral, where Stan, Valchek, 
pulls up with the window, honoring the police for the knave that we saw <laughs> earlier with Frank Sabaka. Um, to which father says, for the knave? You got a window for the knave? Um, and Stan was like, yeah, why? And father proceeds to show Stan Valchuk the window Frank donated. Um, and Stan looks at uh, Stan looks at father and is like, how the fuck did Frank Sabaka get all this money for this damn window, yo? He he looks at father and says, listen, father, I'll match this shit up to six grand. Whatever donation they give, I'll give you more. And and father basically is like, hey, man, uh, big bank take little bank, dog. That's still yeah. not enough. No, so to say. That's just lies. What'd you say, Tom? Oh, no, I said no. Um... After that, yeah, Stan, Stan is like, how does this nigga Frank get all this money for this goddamn window? And Frank Father tells him, like, hey, yo, I don't want to be part of none of this shit. Work that shit out between yourselves. Um, we go back to the harbor where Ray Cole from last season from the homicide pulls up to McNulty's crime scene with a fresh body. And he sees McNulty for the first time in a month. He's basically asking, you know, how's the harbor? McNulty's like, it's fucking cold, man. Um, Cole also makes sure to tell McNulty that Bunk is also hungover as shit at the office. Because they were out the night before. Then we get the first appearance, Avon Barksdale in season two in prison. When Stringer goes to visit Avon in prison about the the missing dope in the door, right? Right. Um, Avon tells him how to handle it um, when String asks how he doing, basically, and String at, goes from there. Was like, yo, how are you doing though? Like, fuck the business. How are you doing? Avon was like, hey, nigga, you only do two days. The day you go in, the day you go out that motherfucker. That's how Avon feels about being in prison. That's that, nigga knowledge. That's how every nigga go. That's how every conversation go when you try to ask your bro about his mental health. You get, the one, you get the one nigga that genuinely cares, like, bro, no, for real, how are you? And then this nigga hits you with some type of scripture or some shit like that? Or he just blows it off completely? Exactly. Boy math. <laughs> hey, <you know. laughs> guys being dudes, you feel me? <laughs> dudes being guys. Um, but String tells Avon, or Avon tells String basically, hey, yo, go go talk to that motherfucker, uh, Roberto, and see what's going on. What the fuck's our dope at? Because he got our money, but we ain't got no dope. Um, after this, we go back to the pier where Zig pulls up on Nick at the bar to tell him in. What was a really weird way he he delivered the line that his mama makes great breakfast um, before offering to drive Nikki to the Greek. And on the spot, Nick makes Ziggy swear not to fuck this up before he agrees to get into the car. Right. After this, we see Stringer hop on a train. But at the same time, Nikki and Ziggy are pulling up to the Greek. And as they walk in, Ziggy almost immediately immediately says, so you must be the Greek, the Greek to Spiro. Like, like, nigga, what? <laughs> and everyone was like, bro, what the fuck? And he, he immediately starts making the block hot for everybody he fucking recognizes in this goddamn restaurant. And he keeps going until basically um, after he knocks the Ukrainian man for not wanting to be called Russian um, and then asks him what his name and they were like, and he's like, uh... My name's not uh well, it's name my name's not this, it's Vladimir. And he was like, same difference. I'm trying to call his name like Boris or some shit like that. Yeah, Boris, thank you. 
Um, calls him Boris. He's like, no, my name is Vladimir. And yeah, Sergi, like, Sergi, Sergi, Sergey, yeah. Sergey, yeah, Sergey. He calls him Sergey, and he's like, nigga, my name's not Sergey. It's Vladimir, and he's like, do you see how you how you contributing to the joke right now? Um, Ziggy starts asking for pie and shit before Nikki tells him to shut his dumb ass up. After that, Nick conducts business. He negotiates the deal with the Greek about the run before yanking Ziggy by the fucking neck and getting the fuck out of there. Um, before we get further into this, how'd y'all feel about this first scene with the Greek? Man, shady, shady business dealings. Um, that nigga for being too hot. Yeah, this nigga Ziggy, man, once again, ultimate fuck up. <laughs> like, just shut the fuck up, nigga, damn. <laughs> the fact that the nigga had to tell you that before and during the meeting, you know what I'm saying? And after. And after. Not too much. Oh, uh, Back at the pier, uh, we cut to Frank looking for Nick when he runs into Beanie. That's right, pier cop Beanie, uh, her first appearance of the season, when Nick and Ziggy come back and talk the details of the run. Um, McNulty, after pulling the body out of the pier, decides to go back to his own stopping ground, Homicide. When he returns, the first person he sees is Jay Landsman, who welcomes him back before McNulty promptly tells him, fuck you. And Jay tells him, hey, man. The game is the game. This nigga Minolta came in there like your first when you go to homecoming your first year after graduating nigga. Oh damn, this nigga's on. What's up, bro? <laughs> this nigga was loving he was loving all the world. college. Yeah. Like nigga. Fuck out of here. They still don't respect you. Um Minolti basically asked about the details of, of the murder. Um and points out several details that Ray Cole did not catch the first time um before jay tells mcnulty none of the shit you saying matters we're dumping this body in baltimore county and jimmy was like what the fuck you mean you dumping the body in baltimore county he was like nigga this is about self-reservation we tried to teach your ass jimmy you don't want to learn um before we get further how do y'all feel about how influential this scene is in the rest of the fucking season nah i mean this lays the foundation well, first of all, for all the beef that goes on <laughs> between McNulty and his old niggas, you know what I mean? This is the foundation for it. And like, yo, man, it just it shows this season's all about passing the buck, man. Everybody's just trying to give work to each other. It's crazy. Um, Going forward, we're back at the pier, and Frank is watching trucks come in and depart when he sees Boris, the Ukrainian man, freaking out on the phone in front of his truck. That he just brought in. Um, and Frank is like, why the fuck is he freaking out in front of the truck, yo? We then cut to the Barksdale organization, right? We cut to Stringer, who went who fresh off his train ride, has met with Roberto, the connect, the plug, if you will, um, with their lawyer, who basically plainly tells his ass that they have a problem because Avon and them made the fucking block hot. So any and all future services are off the table until they can be sure Avon ain't snitch to get his lighter sentence that they are very aware of. And this is the one of the few scenes that, actually one of two scenes, that Stringer makes the exact same face he made after Clay Davis got his ass later in the show. Um, how do y'all feel about the, the, the visual of Stringer just being sick at the thought that he got to tell Avon they ain't got no goddamn plug no more? <laughs> Once again, a, a dumb nigga trying to do too much is just like, bro, 
you should have just shut the fuck up the entire like you should have just did what you knew exactly exactly <laughs> back at the pier frank is asking nick why the fuck the greeks unlock container is still in front of the goddamn pier um when he then sees at the same time boris on the phone saying into the phone i understand and dipping the fuck off um at this point frank decides to put the container back in the stacks right to, so you know make sure not to make the block hot right yeah we then cut to the police in the harbor um and we cut to mcnulty doing quick maths and on the fly learning cartography this, to prove that's a is, fucking body go ahead Tim. no 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 my bad i'm sorry keep going no you good uh to prove the body was dropped in Baltimore City and not way the fuck over in, in at Baltimore, uh, Baltimore County. Uh, and basically to fuck over the Baltimore Homicide Department, namely Rawls. Right. Now he's doing all the work. He got the maps, charts, nigga. He going crazy. He got times and shit. He nah, got yeah, yeah. this is what happens when you when you put spite with good work <laughs> ethic. I mean good work, you know. Like productivity, like you get yeah, shit yeah. like McNulty, bro. Facts. Because any is- other, any other profession, my bad. Any other profession, you make my job harder, nigga. I'm about to come see you, nigga. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and he's doing this completely out of spite, out of hate, it, bro. Because yeah. he he got stuck somewhere he doesn't want to be. He can't do what he wants to do, so he's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna show you niggas how real police shit actually goes, and how it should go. Because you niggas is not gonna fucking do it for the sake of numbers and metrics or whatever the fuck you know they coming down on rawls for it's jimmy mcnulty is literally just the epitome of an asshole bro (laughs) he's he's so good at his fucking job though it's ridiculous this is what happens when you put a detective and give him nothing to fucking do um like batman yeah pretty much yeah yeah you got a point um after that we we're back at kima's crib you know uh, she comes home. She's talking to Cheryl, talking about paper cuts, and as they're also looking at sperm donors because they're trying to have a baby. Um, the scene's not really like super important, but I do want to just highlight a line said by Kima, and I quote, "Not with your pussy would I fuck any one of these guys." Crazy, that's a crazy. That's line. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crazy line. Shout out to Kima. Um. Back at the police and the what do you want to call it, the harbor or the homicide unit, um, McNulty faxes over the documentation to prove that the floater was was found in the city or was dropped in the city, and you get an immediate cut to a a his head is his head is gone his head is hot his head's in the next universe. Ross gets the facts with this information and is is hot. This nigga is burning hot. He is heated. Um, and then you see the rest of the homicide department basically stew as they got a as a brand new bright red new case unsolved case gets added to the board. Um, how do y'all feel about being able to see the the immediate results of, of Jimmy McNulty fucking over the Baltimore homicide department? That shit is hilarious, bro. Because the niggas is pissed. <laughs> like the niggas is hot, especially with Fat Cuz. Fat Cuz is really mad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's really mad. Call Jay Linsman, Fat Big Big folks. That's hilarious. Big dog, big homie, <laughs> big man. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Um, after this, we cut back to Bodie and them. Um, and Bodie and them wait as Bodie talks to the corner niggas because he is the new D. Uh, about how the game is more than just being niggas up. You gotta, you gotta parlay with niggas sometimes. Sometimes you gotta be diplomatic about shit. You can't just be bringing out bats every time you get an inconvenience. Speaking of bringing out bats and maybe sledgehammers, we cut back to the police from the pier when Beatty's doing her rounds and finds an unlocked container in the stack. She walks in and finds 13 more dead girls bringing the total number from the floater they found earlier and the ones in the container to 14 dead bodies for the Baltimore Homicide Department that we will get to eventually. Um, before the union guys come to Frank and tell him, hey, yo, guy, um, something's going on because the police are loudly coming. I mean, it sound like that. My bad. Hold up. The police are pulling up and establishing a scene. Um, yeah, they definitely pulled. They pulled up all the biggest, hundred <laughs> deep, and that's where the that's where the episode ends with the police pulling up. Before we hop into episode two, how y'all feel about episode one, the season opener? I think it was a good way to it was a good way to start the season for me. Yeah, it um it takes more of a it like I said it takes more of a it's not necessarily all drug oriented. When you watch when I watched it back, like it's kind of like. It's damn near like some law and order type shit where it's like this is gonna be like actual way more police work heavy in this episode per se, because mm-hmm. the rest is just you know world building and all that, and you start to see like you know the, the big players like the Greeks and shit like that. But yeah, it's just you know, it's just world building that I really every time I watch the season, I don't understand the worst connotation with this shit. Cause this is a solid episode. It wasn't one time where I was like, all right, this shit dragging. Like it was a solid episode. I just I I will never understand that shit. Absolutely. Y'all ready for episode two? Yeah, let's jump in, bro. Hold on, hold on one second. Let me fucking plug this shit on my laptop now. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I'm asking out of curiosity. Say, was you coughing in the middle of the, in the middle of the episode? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'd say I took a hit of my pen and I held my breath too long and it started coming out of my nose. It was over. Yeah, You've been there before. Happens to the best of us. Like that. Okay, the heater up 20. I'm gonna switch to a different game now. Damn, hell, 20 who they playing? They have 21 against the Magic without Jimmy. Bro, yeah. Joel's about to put up like a 60 piece. Uh, yeah. right, can y'all hear me? Who? Yeah, you good, bro? Joel and D. Oh, shit. No. Nigga had 38 at the end of the third quarter. Hey, do y'all niggas hear my motherfucking uncle playing uh the 10 crack commandments in the ba- in the background or what? Uh nah. <laughs> no. That's funny because I'm listening to who shot you right now. <laughs> it's only right. Well, let me switch to the uh, 76ers game before we get started. Motherfucking Bulls was beating the Lakers' ass for a little bit, but they both closed that gap. Yeah, true. All right. Y'all ready for episode two? 
All right. So episode two opens with basically BD talking to the officers and kind of the autopsy, not really an autopsy, but they got all the bodies showing out in this warehouse um, where BD basically watches what Van said earlier. As everybody hot potatoes, these bodies and these girls, they don't give a fuck what happens to them. They just don't want to deal with them themselves. Yeah. Like you got four or five different agencies here between Baltimore City, Baltimore County, the state police, feds, da da da, and basically all the niggas are like, "Hey yo, I don't see no crime here, mind you." There are thirteen dead bodies in front of them, thirteen, and they call they describe these girls as quote contraband, and say verbatim, "No, I don't see no crime here." Craziness. Just treat them as cargoes. What they said too, like. These niggas is ridiculous. After this, we go back to the Greek where Frank Sabaka himself pulls up on the Greek with Nick um, or pulls up on Spiro, rather. And, he, and Spiro's like, you know, what do you, what do you have to say? And, well, Frank starts off with saying he's a Greek asshole. Um, <laughs> and generally, basically says, what the fuck about 13 bodies on his dock? Um, and Frank says, you could have told him. And what Spiro promptly says, oh, so now you want to know details. And he, and he tells Frank, you don't ask because you don't want to know. And Frank was like, oh, fair, nigga. Cool. Let me tell. Let me say this shit so everybody can hear me. If the Greek is bringing anything breathing through my goddamn dock, I need to know. And Spiro's like, nigga, you don't want to know. And Frank says it again before he leaves. This is the last thing he says before he dips off. Doubles down. Make sure you niggas here. Tell the Greek if anything is breathing coming through my gots or some, if something is breathing in those cans, he wants to know and walks off. And then, the, up. And then yeah. the real Greek turns around to Spiro with the, what can we call a problematic look on his face? Yeah, like, you hear this nigga, man? This, essentially. So this nigga here, man. Uh-huh. This nigga tripping. Uh, we then cut to prison where Brianna's visiting Avon um, to tell what happened with Roberto and basically tell him Roberto done got got. Um, and because of that, and by got got, I mean by 12, um, because of that, they on the outside. They ain't got no connect. Avon tells Brianna to tell Stringer to hop on a flight to Atlanta before Brianna asks about D and for something I didn't say right a couple seconds ago, Brianna is D's mother. This is the same Brianna that convinces nigga to take a plea deal or to reject its plea deal and take time in prison. Uh, she asked Avon, hey, man, how's D doing? And Avon was like, nigga, I ain't, I ain't talked or seen D in a minute. Um, <laughs> and Brianna says, well, if you ain't checking on him and Donette's not checking on his baby mama, Donette, who the fuck is checking on my baby, Avon? Who the fuck is doing right by a nigga who's doing 20 years for us? Avon replies with, and I quote, I'll put string on that. Whole time, that's the goddamn problem. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the worst nigga to put on string today. Give a fuck, nigga. <laughs> you, you put the business oriented, cold blooded to take care of a nigga going. Uh, shout out to Mark for this one. Mental health, you feel me? Like that's that's the worst nigga you could get to do that job. And you his uncle, you could just slide over to his uh 
his cell or whatever. And, yeah. and you got rank in the, in the building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got like, juice in this motherfucker. Yeah. Bro. Niggas finna be eating Popeyes, bro. Like, <laughs> niggas busting out KFC when we made later like, on. Like, nigga, you could have been slid on this nigga. Like, what are you doing for real? It's just crazy. You know, the wild, the, you know the wilder thing about this shit? The nigga mm-hmm. said, yo, string, take care of that. Who you think with his baby mama right now? <laughs> like, nigga, we seen them niggas at the charity event. Come on now. What you think she really doing? Uh-huh. The next thing Avon says is, come on, Brianna. You know damn well I ain't going to let nothing happen to the boy. Epic foreshadowing. We then come back to police at homicide, where actually this is the scene with the crabs. My bad, man. But Bunk and uh-huh. are breaking down some crabs with a handle, a full handle of MGD. <laughs> um, when Bunk asks Jimmy how long did it take him to figure out the bodies drifted, and he says roughly three hours. Um, Bunk then damn near begs Jimmy for Omar when at the same moment Jimmy McNulty looks down at the newspaper and sees a headline about 13 dead girls found in the container at the pier. Yep. Where we then come back to the pier, and Frank is at, is talking to Tommy, one of the, the, the just regular pier people, right? Um, and Tommy's telling him about how he used to boost containers of vodka back in the day, back in the golden age, right? Remember this. Before someone busts in and asks why the police are outside taking every goddamn car, we get an immediate cut to cars. Yes, the same carver from last season, ticketing all the cars. When Frank Sabaka comes out and was like, yo, what the fuck? Um, and Carver levels with Frank Sabaka was like, listen, I ain't got no beef with you, dog. I hate this nigga too. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he told me. I'm just doing my job, nigga. <laughs> you ever seen y'all ever seen um knocked up when the security guard niggas at the door? He was like, I know. Oh this. yeah, when they trying to get in, he like man, you look too old to be yeah. in here. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry. Um, Carver's like, listen, man, I don't fuck with my boss neither, yeah, but you gotta take that shit up with him. Whatever, whatever beef y'all got is between y'all. Um, and Carver tells him, you better take care of this shit soon because Valchek has told me to do this shit twice a day until he says stop. Um, we then come back to prison to WeeBay being on the other end of an aggressive interaction for once. Um, Weebay's getting harassed by the dickhead prison guard Tillman in maximum security. Um, the guard comes in and ransacks Weebay's whole room and dumps everything on the floor, everything including his faux fish tank. Um, and let's take a Weebay, man. I gotta say this, right? Have growing up, y'all right? Have y'all mamas ever came in y'all room and be like, why is this shit a mess? This shit ain't right, this shit ain't right, this shit on the floor. The way Tillman comes in this room gives me the same the same feeling of my mama ransacking my room and then throwing all my shit on the floor, then telling me to clean it. Yeah, I had a little PTSD from seeing that scene. I can't even lie to you. <laughs> like, I've been here before, nigga. <laughs> yeah. I didn't uh I didn't have PTSD, but I definitely brought me back to my old job where I had to I didn't do that per se, but it, it was times where I had to go into a certain person's room and, you know, look for shit. But, you know, I wasn't a dickhead like that. I could say that. You didn't take the, you didn't take the nudie, nudie magazines? Hey, bro. So, all right. So, funny little tangent, right? 
So one day, I don't. If you want to edit this out, whatever. I don't care. I'm gonna tell it anyway. So one day, bro, this nigga got caught with a phone in his room. So obviously, we had to go confiscate the phone, and we had to put him in a holding cell. Right. So we had to, like I said, when something goes down and you got to go to the room, it's basically called like a shakedown. So you basically go through the room, go through the mattresses, go through the closet, go through you know cabinets or whatnot. Yeah. Basically trying to see if they got any more contraband in the room. Mm-hmm. That nigga has so much porn under his mattress. <laughs> it was ridiculous, nigga. God damn. And like, nigga. The whole like, Angel catalog from 2016. Uh, yeah. No, bro, no bullshit. It was so much fucking porn that covered every inch of that motherfucking mattress, nigga. God damn. And like, some of the pages was stuck together, bro. So like, I had gloves on and shit. I'm like, man, I really don't want to touch that. Yeah. And I really, I really don't be trying to trip on the guys having that shit in there because I'm like, man, these niggas been locked yeah. up for like 20 years, nigga. Like, it's understandable. But yeah, bro, it, it was so much porn, bro. Nah, and it's man. it's way more common than you would actually assume that right. it's you know niggas got that shit in their room. But yeah, yeah, man. But no, I was not throwing niggas fish tanks and shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, like damn, yeah, nigga, all this fake water, nigga, on the ground, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. some dickhead shit. Mad yeah. water, bro. Mad and then you throw the water. shit into the water, so now you gotta mop that up. You gotta throw shit away. That's some dickhead yeah. shit for me. My nigga said, and you got pets. He's like, you know damn well them shit's not alive, yo. Said <laughs> <laughs> that motorized fish. It's like nigga, them plastic fish, nigga. What the fuck is you doing? He was heartbroken though. He was hot. Yeah. Um, but back at the pier, Stan Valchek himself pulls up to the union. To tell Frank Sabaka, hey man, how you how you like your boys getting ticketed, dog? Um, instead, basically tell Frank to quote unquote do what's right and let him have his window. <laughs> and Frank Sabaka basically tells him in no uncertain terms, fuck you and your window. Um, and tells him he's been a bitch since high school and everybody knows it. <laughs> God damn, this shit is crazy, bro. Except my daddy said you a bitch, my sister said you a bitch. Oh my my mama don't even cuss, and she said you a bitch. Oh damn, um, and listen, I've we've all been in a situation where someone someone try to pull some shit on you, be like, no, nigga, I'll just we can just squabble about it. I don't give yeah. a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Um, we then go back to the harbor with the police, and Jimmy pulls up to the pier to see what's cracking on the case, um, where he meets BD for the first time, and all the other agencies are there. Um, and with the also with the medical examiner who was do, who are doing the autopsies, McNulty figured out basically the body that he pulled out of the water probably has something to do with thirteen more being found like three hours later. Um, Beatty says that makes sense because they were missing a girl in a bedroll. Um, but then Beatty makes sure to ask, "Why the fuck does the Marine unit care so much about some dead thirteen dead girls?" When McNulty notices. That something resembling an air pipe looks like it got pounded by a fucking sledgehammer, as if Triple H himself did this shit. Uh-huh. Um, rather than the story of accidentally being crushed, allegedly. Um, after this, we get we go to City Hall where Valchek is digging up info on the union. Um, and I don't, I don't remember who he's talking to at City Hall. It might be one of uh, the mayor's aides or the head to the mayor's office. Uh, but he asked about Sabaka's window possibly being yanked. Um, <laughs> when he when he learns that our good buddy Irvin Burrell is going to be named next police commissioner. Oh God! 
And the nigga originally pulled up to ask about, you know, if the fucking mayor can ask a priest to yank a window out of a church. Oh, but he ended up learning he might have someone to, to, you know, schmooze up to next to, right? We then go back to the pier where McNulty is talking to the examiner. And the examiner was like, nigga, why are you doing this? Yeah, exactly. Spite, nigga. (laughs) Yo, he thinks, McNulty just makes a face and he's like, oh, okay, I see you. Um, Examiner was like, well, shit, nigga, I guess y'all didn't bought yourself 14 bodies. And McNulty looks like he just won a goddamn ring in the NBA, yo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dead people. Jimmy McNulty got the same feelings towards uh, Rawls that Jim Cornette has towards a buddy from WCW. No, 100%. <laughs> I will live to piss on that nigga Rawls grave, boy. <laughs> that nigga say hate is a hell of a motivation, uh, dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, we back at the com- we go to the uh, commissioner's office after that, where Valchek has pulled up promptly to kiss many an ass, namely Burrell's. Um, and Burrell was like, okay, Stan, what the fuck do you want? And Stan Valchek asked, for a major crimes detail on Frank Sabatka and the men at the pier. And yes, everybody, this is this is the whole impetus for the rest of the season. A beef over a window. <laughs> oh, a window that neither one really has to do with God either, by the way. Yeah. You got, nigga, this again. You, got, you got warehouse niggas against... <laughs> Against the police, like what the fuck? <laughs> and God isn't in, in none of these none of these glasses, though. It is fucked up because like so many niggas get caught in the crossfire this whole beef, bro. Bro, the whole time, nigga, niggas could have just painted a mural on the side of the church or some shit. Like that would work. Split the window or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Have police hand in hand with the with the warehouse. Yeah, have them like, it up <laughs> like the crimson blood slowed up, fall over like, at the rack side together. Why are you yeah. niggas so prideful over a window, nigga? Like this shit is crazy. You know, man, shit's crazy. White people be over petty shit, man. Be like that. Ah, yeah. Um the next the very very next scene is Daniels basically leaving a dinner date with his wife. And his wife is like, Hey bro, I know you're sad and shit, but like you do know, like, even though your career is in the toilet, you do have options. You have a whole law degree that you could possibly use and do something with when Lieutenant Daniels, right then and there, basically decides, shit, I guess I'll put it in my papers. Right. The very next scene, the pier at the bar, um, all the union guys are having breakfast. And by breakfast, we mean a beer and an egg because these niggas are disgusting. Um, when Zig walks in, and Zig walks up and finds Nick and asks, hey, bro, what you think about, you know what I'm saying, possibly working a package I can get from my mans? And Nick looks at him and promptly tells him, fuck out of here, um, before dipping out with the rest of the union guys. Before, well, then the union guys all proceed to drive directly into a, DW, a DUI checkpoint headed by our good buddy Carve. <laughs> At 8 a.m. <laughs> 8 a.m. <laughs> I'd be so pissed, bro. <laughs> at the at the direction of Stan Valchek. I <laughs> that's so petty, bro. And dude tried to play it off too. He's like, well, nigga, why would I be drinking at 8 a.m.? Nigga, come on now. What'd you do? Come on now, bro. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just took that motherfucking Budweiser to the face, nigga. Who are you for? On the wake up. <laughs> we cut back to police of homicide where Major Commander Rawls is torturing his his equal from the state police who's there to talk about the 13 dead bodies or 14 rather. Um where the state policeman quite literally says Rawls in no uncertain terms, we are not equipped to handle a 14-body murder investigation. And Raw basically tells him the white equivalent of, tough break, nigga, there's always FUBU. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he told him, pretty much. Saying, you look like you could use a cup of coffee. At that point, Rawls walks out of the office, and this is the first sighting we get of Lester for the season, right? Rawls, right before walking back in the office, puts up a fist, like, uh, I don't the bastardization of the black power fist and, and the, all these police are fucking erupting because they ain't got to work these goddamn bodies. Niggas are so hype, bro. Over, <laughs> over not to Not working. I mean, I feel a bit damn. Nigga. Yeah, on. I feel <laughs> You slapped 14 files on my desk. Nigga. I'm going to be uh, fucking mad, sick. bro. Alright, so after this, we go back to the prison where we Bay and Avon are talking about Tillman. We Bay pulls up and basically says, hey, man, this nigga Tillman is stays fucking with me. And if something don't happen soon, some shit might happen. Um, and Avon was like, Well, why the nigga got beef with you? And we we basically says, Oh, I I, I kind of sort of took the, the charge for murdering his cousin. Um, so he hates me forever. And Avon was like, Oh, <laughs> like he's wrong, like he's in the wrong. <laughs> nigga, Avon ain't even remember the body, nigga. He's like, Damn, you did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Oh, <laughs> funny part, we what boy for your ass, nigga. Yo, crazy part, we was like, nigga, I don't even know if I did this one, but I know I took the charge for it, so he fucking with me. Um, so everyone was like, all right, I'll, I'll take care of him when I get a chance. Um, we come back to the police at the pier, and hey, X, quick, quick thing, though. like this, not to say like this may seem like a, like a little small detail, but this nigga legit was eating KFC in the prison. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that just lets you know how much like authority he got around that motherfucker. Can we can, actually can we can we make sure to make this very clear? That shit looked fresh, like straight yeah, out of the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if niggas ever been to like a max pr- and I'm pretty sure to know the security was actually way different back then. Because anyway, point is, uh, it's very hard to just get shit like that into a prison. So put it together, like somebody, oh, uh, CO did that. Risk their job to bring him that shit. So that just shows you, like, that shit from outside, he still got authority within that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah so even... it, it... No, my bad. No, no so it's, it's also, like, back to the scene with Brianna. It's like, nigga, why have you not gone see your fucking nephew yet? Because <laughs> fuck him, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the topic of Avon power in prison, yo, right? Um, even in this scene, a guard walks Weebay up to Avon's room and was like, Hey, yo, y'all got like 45 minutes? What's yeah. up, dog? You know what I'm saying? Like, very friendly yeah. with Avon, mad yeah. regular, like, like these niggas know each other from back in the day type shit. Like, Avon, Avon got pulled in this motherfucker. Right. Um, so yeah, Weebay is getting harassed because, you know, he kind of killed somebody's cousin. Um, <laughs> we back at the pier with the police at the medical examiner's office where, the med- it is dawning on the medical examiner in real time that McNulty is doing this purely to fuck over Ross. And BD realizes it too and is like, yo, this ain't right. This is not how this shit goes. And McNulty was like, BD, if Homicide don't take these bodies, you do realize you the motherfucker, they gotta solve all these murders, right? 
And then they immediately just start doing the math on oxygen and shit to prove intent. Yeah. Um, and BD was like, well, I, I mean, I don't want to solve 13 murder shit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your tone changed. You wish you wouldn't open that motherfucking thing now. Huh? Uh, yeah. After this, we go back to the prison where Avon does actually listen to a nigga and tries to pull up on somebody. But instead, he tries to parlay with Tillman before Tillman cuts him off mid-sentence and says, no, motherfucker. And Avon was like, nigga, what? He was like, let me repeat myself. No, motherfucker. And that's the whole conversation. Avon can't do shit, Bro, at least right Avon, now. That nigga Avon looked at him like he ain't never been told no before. He probably has it, bro. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck he just say to me? This is a foreign language. The last 27 niggas who told him no are all buried in Baltimore County. Um, After this, we go back to the police in the harbor uh, where Rawls gets pulled into a meeting. Well, at homicide, rather. Speaking of the Ten Crack Commandments. um, (laughs) Rawls gets pulled into a meeting with basically Multiple counties, basically all the departments from what we saw earlier with beating the bodies and then hot potatoing and that shit, right? Um, they all pull up and basically tell Rawls, nigga, this is your fucking case. All 14 of these goddamn bodies are yours. And Rawls tries to, to try the meanest, illest, most arrogant-ass Euro step wow, I've ever you. seen in a corporate setting before all of them tell him, fuck out of here. All these bodies are yours, nigga. And then the dude, the his uh, equivalent from state police that he was talking to a couple scenes earlier, basically was like, "Hey, bro, do you need a cup of coffee?" Yeah, mm. that's that get back. That get back. Uh, mic drop right there, nigga. Sick. Fuck Rawls, though. Fuck Rawls. Um, after that, uh, he comes out of the office and Bunk, Lester, and Jay. All then proceed to watch as 13 more Jane Doe's get put um, get put on the board. And they are hot. Um, after this, we go back to the pier. Not really the pier, but we go back to Ziggy. Where he is trying to cop a package from White Mike and gets told to step the fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nigga trying to cop a brick in front of the bodega. Like, come on, nigga. Uh, Mike was like, "What happened to the last one I front to you?" And Zig was like, "Oh, some shit happened, man. My bad." He's like, "No, nigga, you sniffed it all. Fuck out my face." Um, we then go back to prison where Avon has called an emergency meeting with String to the yard to tell him about Tillman Wilden and to quote, "You got to get with D's girl to make sure she remembers her promises." Oh, okay, getting with her ass, all right. Um, also, uh, just throwing this out there for y'all, the, the person who played White Mike, Brooke Eden, just recently won the election for the local union in New Orleans for the dock workers. So shout out to them. Huh. Um, Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Oh, no, take back. The, inter- the international, uh, basically the theater guild. But still, he just won the union election for them. So shout out to White Mike. Yeah, um, shout out to White Mike. But yeah, Avon tells String to go get with D's girl to make her remember promises. And once again, that's the whole goddamn problem facing the, facing D at the moment. Um, we then come back to the police and homicide at the bar where Lester and Bunk are making McNulty take a shot for every Jane Doe 
he put on Homicide. <laughs> and for the first time, McNulty starts to openly talk about putting in his papers, right? We then immediately cut to Frank Sabaka bailing out all but all one of the union members <laughs> for DUIs. Um, and they basically all tell him, hey, yo, bro, we don't know what, what beef you got with, with Stan Valchuk, but nigga, you got to work that shit out immediately. Uh, keep us out of it, nigga. It is. We'll get to that beef later, but more importantly, Lester and Bunk walk back in the next morning after being trashed, where Jay tells them promptly upon seeing them, hey, remember them 13, the 14 dead bodies we talked about yesterday? Guess who got the case? Y'all two motherfuckers. And Lester and Buck like, nigga, that ain't, we ain't up. That ain't right. And and Jay basically tells them, hey, bro, you see Ray Cole, right? You know exactly what type of detective Ray Cole is. Read, trash. Do you really want Ray Cole to be the reason why our clearance rate is in the toilet at the end of the year? Yeah, bro. And my best guys on it. That ain't really they fucking responsibility at the end of the day. Nigga, you the supervisor. So if you know this nigga can't do the job, why he still employed? Like, get him the fuck up out of here. Exactly. This nigga Ray Cole, or this white man Ray Cole, proceeds to walk up to them <laughs> with his file and be like, hey man, this is all I got on it. Hands them the thinnest manila folder and walks the fuck off. Well, they had to strangle that nigga with his necktie. Well, you got me fucked up, man. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, we then cut to Ronnie's, right? That's right. ADA Ronda, Ron, uh, Ronda, uh, Ronda Perlman in her bed with a drunken Nulty waking up where she, uh, she basically straight asked him, yo, listen, man, you came in my house. What are, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> what the what? fuck are we, Jimmy? And Jimmy McNulty, the king of Kuth. Looks this woman straight in the eye while while butt ass naked in her bed. Cheats out <laughs> and says, My wife wants to put the family back together. You know, the one with the kids and all, right? <laughs> Nigga Cole. He cold. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then immediately proceeds to ask for some aspirin. Um, bro, fourteen shots of Jameson, nigga. I know his head was on fire, nigga. Pause. That, that shit, man. What What was the pause for? That was. Hey, man. Hey, pause if applicable. Yeah, <laughs> if necessary, pause. Uh-huh. No, nah, fuck, nah, fuck that. I ain't trying to hear that after that shit in Detroit, nigga. Don't you ever question my pauses, nigga. What was you <laughs> about? I, I'll tell y'all off air what the fuck this nigga did, but yeah. Oh, uh, That's crazy. We then go back to the pier with the police. Um, and Tommy, the big folks from earlier who was sitting in Frank Sabaka's office, has pulled up to the Eastern District. In the parking lot, basically, where the headquarters where Stan Valchek's works. And proceeds to bust in and hotwire a whole police surveillance van and drive the fuck off while waving at motherfuckers on the way out. Right? Um, we then cut to homicide going to Port Authority and where Lester and Bunk meet Beatty for the first time. 
And they're basically like, hey, yo, uh, we already been told the ship to, to cut its shit, and it's in Philly. So you want to come to Philly with us? She's like, hell the fuck yeah. Um, at this point, we then get the intro to Stan Valchek's major crimes detail. Um, and like, whatever the opposite of the Avengers scene, like the, the portal scene is... <laughs> Just the 12 of the worst looking motherfucking police. Full of weenies, man. (laughs) Just 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 12 jabronis just walk in, yo. Um job squad. No, for real though. For real though. Valchek basically details the unit, but tells him, you know, that we're after Frank Sabatka. Um, and he he basically makes Presbaluski the head slash go-to guy for it, right? Um the first and only question to ask by is asked by Polk, and I want I want you to remember the name of Polk, but Polk is drunk number two from last season, namely the one who didn't get his ass beat by Bodie and retire. Okay. Um, and the, the only question, the shit, yes, way. the one that Daniels told either nigga go to rehab or quit. I don't give a fuck. Pick one. Um. The only question they ask is who signs the overtime slips? <laughs> I think a Presbo is pissed. Super pissed. He ready to do real cop work. Um, <laughs> he didn't expect to be the lead of a fucking investigation. He just exactly. wanted to do computer work again. Uh, Joel and B, by the way, ended up putting up 51 tonight, so he ain't Not get damn. 60. Uh, but we then go back to the pier where Tommy brings the truck back and loads it into a shipping container and puts the container on the dock. Um, we then go to Philly, where the homicide are converging on the boat. But until then, we see the captain slash the shepherd. And I say the shepherd because the shepherd was the one who's supposed to make sure these goddamn girls made it to the mainland. Um, the shepherd is like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, and the, whoever his uh, second mate is or whatever, Says, hey, yo, uh, the ship's being stopped in Philly because, uh, you know, the girls that were found dead. Uh, and the captain was like, oh, oh, okay. Immediately grabs his ships and tries, shit, grabs his shit and tries to dip off. Right? Nico Bellic said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, then the real life Nico Bellic pulls up on his ass and was like, Mm-mm, we got your ass. Yo, time out, time out, time out. This nigga, this nigga was running so fast, my nigga. <laughs> 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 bro. This nigga was out, bro. Oh, uh, he was, yo, he was whatever the white ver I don't know like what's the white equivalent to the race for for, for white folks by take a uh, a thousand miles by Michelle Braves, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say I had a tiger nigga lose yourself. I don't know. I <laughs> think was out though, bro. That nigga hit feet. Yo, whatever the wherever that shit was was playing in his head as he made his run. Um, but the Ukrainians yanked his ass up too fast. Uh in the air tonight by Phil Collins. Yep, there we go. go. Yeah, there yeah, there yeah. we go. Um and during the scene where uh he's being tortured, the the very next shot, he keeps saying, Say Parkolo, which means I beg of you, please stop in Greek. Um we then cut back to prison where we see D with hair, um, <laughs> who is who is? I think it was bald on purpose. For fire, for fire. Bro, that's that's that bald fade you get as a jit too. Matter of fact, yeah. fuck that. That's a ping, nigga. We coming uh, into season two. Uh, <laughs> 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 
Uh, Only right. These in their stored lines with whoever his uh his blockmate is. When Avon walks in mid sniff and says, "Hey yo, bro, we gotta talk," and D was like, "What you want to talk about?" Uh <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> we then come back to police and namely homicide, Bunk Lester and Beatty pulling up on the Atlantic Light, the name of the ship, um, where they meet the officer in charge. Um, basically the second mate who we were just talking about. And they ask the second mate, hey yo, where the fuck is the captain? And the officer's like, nigga, I don't know. I just saw him 10 minutes ago. I don't I ain't seen him since. Um, we then come back to Sir Sergey slash Boris torturing the shepherd as Spiro and the Greek walk in to the to the Atlantic Lights captain, butt naked, fresh off a torture session. Um, the Greek, like Dan was talking about earlier, figures out which language this nigga speaks from the tattoo on his arm, and he says his name is Sam. Sam I am, if you will. <laughs> Sam I am tells the Greek that basically they were on their way to mainland. Where Sam I am basically tried to rent the girls out for the night for their services. Um, where during their time out in I don't know being rented, one of them refused to continue with one of the guys because he was getting too goddamn rough with her. Um, um and in response to that, you know, she was promptly murdered and thrown overboard. And they dumbasses didn't make sure that the other 13 didn't see that shit. So they kind of had to go too. Um, the Greek says, you know, my nigga, thank you for telling me that. Um, and I promise I won't hurt you. Before Spiro promptly slices this motherfucker's throat. Um, and the episode ends with Greek, the Greek telling Sergey, this one, no prince, no face, on some hush Arkham City shit. <laughs> And that's where the episode no, ends. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, crazy, man. Nah, so, great, great two episodes, bro. Yo, I gotta say, the Greek is a whole different animal, man. Yeah. Oh, um, the Greek problem. is is like he's he's a he's an ominous motherfucker, but he looks like the nigga that made Pinocchio. Like you, <laughs> nigga, like Geppetto. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look like that intimidating guy. Like like uh, Frankie. I mean, my bad. Uh, Nikki. Wait, fuck. What okay. guy? What's the fuck up, son? Ziggy? Uh, Ziggy. Boom. Yeah. So, it's like, Ziggy, he he basically got the wrong nigga. Now, granted, not, you know, anybody with a brain is not just going to obviously just flat out say, oh, you must be the Greek. But anybody would probably walk in that situation and look at that nigga. Uh, what's his name? Sparrow? Yeah. Look Spiro, Sper- yeah. Yeah, look at Sparrow and think, like, oh, this is the guy. But yeah. in, entirely, it was the nigga to the right at the counter that you would think, like, ah, oh, he probably just reading Sunday funnies type shit. It's, it's like, like he, it's like an Einstein at the counter. Yeah, like, like oh, that's somebody grandfather. It, it, it's it's so crazy because this, this this torture scene is takes such a dark turn. And you see this nigga just walk up, look at his arm. Oh yeah, nigga, I know who the fuck this is. I promise, I'm not gonna hurt you. I didn't say nothing about this nigga though. And it, it it's like I really like that dynamic of like villains where it's like I don't even want to say he's a villain, but niggas that's like really cold, calculated, ruthless type shit. But at the same yeah. time, 
if you just look at their appearance, you don't think that's the nigga out the entire room. You know he who that nigga look like? He looked like like white Al Sharpton. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, man. All right. <laughs> Sid, what do you think? White Al Sharpton. How, how are you going to ask me what I think after he says white Al Sharpton? Like I said before, it it having season two being the thing that sets the scene works really well, and I think these these first two episodes are are two things that that very much set the scene and very much show how like the city of Baltimore is a place even without like the whole drug trade. Uh, the city of Baltimore is a place whether whether the cops are on on the beat for for homicide or not, and so yeah. That that's tough. That I think that's fantastic writing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I the Greek strikes me as completely different, and like um, we'll get to this eventually with uh, Marlo and whatnot. But uh, the way they talk about him, or the way they talk about themselves, rather, Marlo. At the end of the show, and Mark, I'm really sorry to listen to this right now. But at the very end, oh, Marlon well, clears the show. By the way, he's good. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, at the end, when Marlo is in prison, mad at Chris because he ain't say tell him about some shit. And he says, "My name is my name." And then Spiro doesn't even say this, but or Spiro says this. The Greek doesn't even say it, but the Spiro says at some point he knows my name, but my name is not my name. And to you, you to, to to everybody else, to point to the Greek, you're not. You're only the Greek. And the Greek was like, "Shit, nigga, I'm not even Greek." Um, and basically the way they treat their reputation, because like the Greeks is basically like it's implied but not stated. Marlowe's is stated. That's how he wants it to be everywhere the goes. The Greek niggas came and find him. Yeah, niggas came and figure out where the Greek is. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's dimmer like a drug dealer Batman. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. Um. These episodes are great. It's a great way to start off the season. Um, we haven't even really set the whole stage yet. Um, because Stan Valchek has not yet discussed it with his own detail yet. Um, <laughs> but when we get to that point is when shit really starts popping off. Um, before we get out of here, any last thoughts on the episode? And these episodes are really just the start of the season so far. Nah, I, I think these episodes are fire. I'm happy to be back with you boys, man. Man, I I missed talking a while with y'all. These niggas is really having a bottle war over church glass, by the way. But um, I, man, I miss I miss talking to y'all, man. I miss doing this. Absolutely, it's gonna be a great season, despite what everybody on the internet says. Fuck them. It's a great season. I agree. Um, uh, we would not be doing this if y'all did not tell us to do another season of this. Um, if we did get didn't get basically anything but glowing and positive and loving reviews. So y'all are the reason we're doing this. Thank you for putting your trust in us. Thank you for trusting us with this. Um, we got Shotgun, Conf- Shotgun Confession season two coming for y'all live and direct. So uh, we'll see y'all next time. We out. Peace. Yeah.